You get friction burns, he'd be moving so fast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 37 of Stat Check. This is Vengor launch detected for reasons that will become obvious as we try to dive even a little bit into what happened this weekend. I am your host, Ines. I am joined, as always, by Anthony and Nathan, and frequently by Jeremy. And for first time only, uh, and possibly only time, depending on how, how much his voice goes, uh, we'll see. We'll see if he manages to nass it up. Uh, we have Brian Ciapepi or Sipe or Set or any variation of the surname that you can put whichever you want who is a fellow member of Team Scotland along with me, a fellow American along with Anthony and Nathan, and a fellow not winner of tournaments along with Jeremy. Um, welcome to the show, everybody. Please do uh, take a seat and grab a drink and enjoy yourselves. We're here to talk about Warhammer for the 37th time, which is bonkers to me. Uh, we were almost all at tournaments this weekend, or we were all at tournaments this weekend. Uh, some of us running them, sure. most of us playing in them. We were almost all at tournaments this weekend. Nathan was at a cool con. <laughs> it's true. It was a really cool convention, and there was a lot of alcohol, so I was very so happy with it. Expect a decently long session of what we were doing this week uh, as we get into that, and then a very long section on the meta. Uh, but let's start with easy bits. Guys, how are we all? Let's start with Anthony. I'm great. Uh, I was uh in canada so that was cool canada's dope uh the event i was at was awesome the everything went really well played some really cool people fucking slobber knocker of an event in route to winning it so that was great um canadian immigration hates me and apparently so do layovers so i walked in the door last night at like 2 30 in the morning I had to get up at work at six so your boy worked a half day today because he was not super functional by halfway through the day. Um, in general, weekend was really good. Got to play some world leaders. Got to see my finished world leaders. They look great. Um, yeah, things are good. Had a good weekend. Looking forward to. Uh, I have one more. I have one, I'm in the states for this weekend, and then after that, I'm just in poland austria for like the foreseeable future it feels like yeah, yeah i feel like that. this is more important though is like what you won yeah it's I definitely the coolest trophy i've ever seen it's pretty dope the best yeah. part about this is it was made by a local smith and it was his entry fee to the tournament <laughs> oh yeah talk about talk about overpaying on the entry fee <laughs> So he was completely forgiven for running 45 Deathwing Terminators. No, he was not. Don't. 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 <laughs> <sighs> also, one of those two boxes. I was your <laughs> you can go ahead and finish your story, Anthony. Finish your story. Oh, I said I just also won those two boxes that are right behind it, but you'll note that one of them contains Trash Tour, so I immediately reimbursed it for store credit. <laughs> <laughs> As for me, I was at Adepticon teams this weekend. I played on Team Dad Hammer. Uh, there were two guard Sorry. players, including me, and then two Necron players playing Mephrit. So we had two people who were, I guess, being carried by guard codexes, but they played actually really well. We ended up going eight and two. So out of ten matches, we lost only two matches. So I'm really excited to see how 
the standings bear out because Team Canhammer won and went undefeated, but I'm very curious to see where we ended up being for it because we beat uh, TJ's team, and then we also, I think, we we may have lost Ben Sherwin's team, but not by much. It'd be really um, cool if you could just like see the results from the event after it happened. But. You would think, except that they ran the whole event on an Excel sheet, basically, for all the pairings. So it's not a BCP event. It's basically all the pairings were run through Excel because they were counting all these tertiary things. So we ended up winning a medal for the team for getting the most line breakers in their custom missions over the course of the event. Apparently, te teleporting models in everybody's list lets you do weird shit like just get things in the back of people's deployment zones every single goddamn game. Otherwise, it's a lot of fun. I haven't had that. Much, I haven't drank that much in a really long time. TJ Lanigan's team was freaking night at the Roxbury themed and gave us like tiki drinks, and ended up giving me like a whole coconut full of tiki drink. And we opened the tournament with like a triple of twelve year Macallan Scotch on day one at eight a.m. in the morning after two hours of sleep. So it was it was pretty wild. It was. There was, I've never seen more alcohol at anything before. Every single team had a cooler. Everybody was drinking. There were jello shots from a Drukari themed art team that were all combat drugs, and you rolled on a table and they would give you a different syringe full of jello <laughs> depending on what you were <laughs> a little bit there. I've kind of got come to the conclusion that based on how much fun was had, is that Epicon should just focus on teams and make it like a three day grabbing nonsense. That was my weekend. It was great. I also am now just apparently too old to do that for a weekend because I woke up on Monday hungover. Hey, there it was hungover through this morning, basically. It was great. Oh my. <laughs> it was pretty terrible. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what the kind of team was running? All guard. They ran only guard. Um, at the event, they were one. There were a lot of guard at the team event, but they ran pure guard. So they came to a they came to a knife fight, armed to the teeth with guns. Is basically what happened. Shame upon your family, Canada. <laughs> yeah, it was funny because I messaged I think Jeremy halfway through and was like, "Man, the only team that really went all all out is apparently the Canadians." <laughs> Chris takes that event very seriously every single year, and I don't understand why. I used to like yeah. back in like pre COVID times get messages from Chris, like, we're trying to optimize our list for a debt to him. I'm like, why, buddy? Yeah. <laughs> like, we're trying the same to thing happened last year where list. he was like, just like, stop. help me write two 1,000 point custodies lists. And I was like, sure, but you're, you realize the tournament is there for people to have fun. So, I mean, yeah, they were apparently Canada nice in quotation marks is the review that I got across the course of the event. Sorry, Can Hammer team. Um, <laughs> Be nicer to your opponents who are all there just drinking a lot, I guess, is the resounding conclusion that I got. Otherwise, we're going to do the team thing again next year. All of us have already, like, kind of bought in. We're going to do the dead hammer theme again. We're going to buy a grill and, like, fill it with dry ice and uh, LED lights and stuff like that as our display board. It'll be great. And are you going to play See? whatever's the most broken army again? Probably. Because it's can fun. Hammer, can hammer and dad hammer of equal skill and relevance to the I world mean, outside. I won't... <laughs> I won't lie to you. We played a very nice group of people who were playing Thousand Suns and Grey Knights with Magnus on the table. And he decided to strategic reserves Magnus. So there's this giant gap on one side of his board. So I used Lord Solar to give full rerolls to hit into wound to a unit of Kassarkin, plopped it in his backfield and shot 
about 600 points of models off of his board edge. At just one. zero chill, zero chill. Just 19 just mortal wounds. Yeah, 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 yeah. Got it. Um, <laughs> Jeremy, how was your weekend? My weekend was exhausting but amazing. Uh, as Anthony uh, mentioned, uh, we were running an event up in Canada, uh, up in Petawawa. Yes, that is a real city name. I got that comment is. a lot this weekend. Um, uh, yeah, we had we it was fifty eight people, I think. Um, play place train, fixed middle, same as what I've been running locally for ever now. Uh, Nick uh, Blackburn, friend of the show, uh, and X and one guest. Uh, two weeks ago, uh, he was the the main event organizer. He put his heart and soul into making sure that the details of that event were set up. Uh, got a lot of really good feedback. Um, the event went off really without a hitch um, from a from a judging perspective because I was the head judge for the event. Um, I didn't have to yell at anyone. It was lovely. But at the same time, everyone got the speech from me at the beginning of the event, so they knew what to expect. And People are on their good best behavior when they're around me. Well, that's um, nice. Yeah, and Anthony won that event. Anthony won a sick Kopesh and uh, <laughs> did what no one thought he could do and beat Tim Deatlifts of Team Canada on uh, Tide of Conviction against uh, Light Harleys. Tough matchup. Sounds 20, Tim. 20-0, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Tim was a uh, delight. I actually really enjoyed playing him. He was real oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, everyone at the event was super chill, super friendly. Um, like We had a lot of Canadians at the event, but we also had a lot of Americans who drove up, uh, and every single one of the Americans that I talked to were just floored at how great the sportsmanship was and how chill everyone was, which, you know, when you're traveling five hours to an event, you kind of hope that they're going to be friendly. So they all went to your event, is what you're telling me. All the nice Canadians went to your event. Pretty much, Yeah. Yeah, Christine's wouldn't have survived in that environment. That's the problem. <laughs> well, I mean, Francois went really four Chris. two. So imagine what Chris would have done. Yeah, like four and five, or <laughs> that'd be a good weekend for him, right? Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna get yelled at in today's team meeting. Ennis is just going right for the throat today. Well, he's friends with Chris, so he can fuck with I'm very good friends with Chris. Yeah. Uh, Uh, Nick, how many unchargeable Astraeus were at all his dust? Uh, For one, they wouldn't have been able to go up there because. All of the Astraeus in the event were unchargeable because they weren't on the table, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Or died by the end of turn one anyway, so it didn't matter. I'll super briefly put some in mind and then we'll do a a Brian biopic for a very short period. Uh, I was at the Manchester Super Major this weekend. Uh, I managed to place third there and also qualified for, I believe, a golden ticket, which is super cool because uh, the people above me already had one or couldn't take one um so hopefully i'll be over in atlanta in november which is super cool brian will be really upset about the, the consequences uh he was two points better than me but not accounting uh <laughs> oh no dude what being able brian, to do... brian sportsmanship himself out of a golden ticket is the moment <laughs> short uh, <laughs> but he's a good, good guy he's a good guys is left and right he told himself out of a trophy and a golden ticket it was yeah. interesting um so yeah i took iron hands to that the list was ridiculous it was incredibly funny to just table people in 30 minutes uh i think i'm pretty sure every round including the semifinals i was the first score to submit um for every single round which is nice that nasa's out of the country so i could get that accolade because otherwise you'd probably split them 50 50. uh 
But yeah, that, that was me. I'm not going to go into super depth because Brian was also at the tournament. So Brian, tell us a bit about yourself. What have you been doing in the past? However long. Uh, yeah, we all know you. Nobody else does. So. <laughs> so much nicer on Fireside. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, so, yeah. uh, um, I moved here to Scotland uh, for my graduate degree a couple years ago, just right before COVID, which was perfect timing. Um, so I got here and then stood in my basement for a while um, and just pretended like I was someplace exotic. Um, but then once COVID cleared, I kind of got into competitive 40K where I met the uh, idiot hosting this in us. Um, and uh, he ruined my life. So now I go to tournaments every weekend. Um, and that's helped me get quite a bit better at the game pretty quickly. Uh, turns out that's, you know, that helps. So uh, I uh, went to... Uh, one Leicester Super Major two years ago, and then was was one game away from doing a full run back with Orcs this year in Leicester, where I got second to Vic. Um, and I've recently joined a new team um, called Ignite with Vic um, and uh, Dave uh, Gaylard and uh, Joko Johansson from uh, Iceland and Liam VSL from, uh, from Team Belgium. Um, it's kind of our team makeup right now. So it's a bunch of really good guys. Um, and we, we practice, talk about the game and stuff like that. It's been very helpful. Um, and pretty successful so far. We had Dave, who won Southampton, and now Vic and I both place really well um, in Manchester. So um, Ennis and I uh, kind of came up with a list of for Iron Hands um, for this event. Um, you know, and Iron Hands aren't broken. They're not even the best Marine chapter. Um, so we, uh, we kind of had diverged a little bit. And our lists so were he and went more for reapers and i kind of went more of scouts and then we both came back down to desolation marines before the event and uh spoilers um but manchester had a lot of those um and they're pretty good so um how many ended up being in the top top four uh just 48 um just 48 just 48 does anybody remember what we bet on last week? Who picked what numbers last week for predictions for the top four? And it's you're muted, so you're talking and not saying anything. Mine was fifty. Smart, Anthony. No, your line was forty-five. Uh, oh. There was forty. There was forty-eight. Yeah, out of a hundred potential of one hundred and twenty. I'm definitely the winner then, right? That's got to be the I'm, closest. You must record, be right? the. Yeah. You must be the winner. Yeah, you're the winner. The only winner of everybody. <laughs> right. 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 Rules. <laughs> well, now I get to go hide in teams for the rest of the. It's great, isn't it? We've just ru <laughs> ruined the meta, and now I've got like two singles yeah. events in the next four months. It's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So these these Desolation Marines are are pretty fair and balanced, um, and that is why <laughs> I dropped my first three points against Mike Porter in round five. Um, so <laughs> just finished the the Swiss on on four hundred ninety seven points. Uh, I'll go over Mike's game actually briefly because. Uh, it was a super skill-intensive game where he took 30 Terminators, and he ran at me, and then I killed 15 on turn one. Um, so very skill-intensive. It was a great showing between a very good player. So a good test. Um, <laughs> uh, poor Mike. He hated the Army so much. Um, yeah. But the game, game was definitely played. At Coventry. Yeah. He's going he's gonna to register uh, Jane Sailor Connor, and somebody sent him the Desolation Marine profile, and he hard-shifted. For understandable um, one of my favorite stories from the Swiss, for me at least, is my very first activation for my those two for those squads in the very first game was against Guard, and they each killed a Lehman Russ and a Mortar Squad, getting me a codec worker points. 
So <laughs> that, was, that was fair and balanced. Uh, so it's a good unit. Um, oh boy. <laughs> so I didn't know mine were AP two or AP three base until game four. Uh, <laughs> your AP three base? Yeah. yeah. On the missile. On the what? on the dark. It's a dark lands. It's a dark lands, bud. Yeah, I played <laughs> them as AP three the whole time because I thought they were like cyclone missile hunters. No, not at all. Uh, just a dark lance with an ignore LOS artillery weapon with the ability to hit on twos real easy and a lot of access to reroll hits and wounds. And then he's been traumatized back into the void. The, the real the real telling sign for the for the Manchester meta was that Brian and I kept talking about our pairings, but we weren't talking about like how do we win this game? We were like, how do we make sure we score a hundred this game? That was the only question that we were asking. It wasn't like do we win this game? It was how do I make sure like my round four opponent had gave up 126 on no prisoners, but was, he had pink horrors to split. So I was like, how do I make sure I make him split? <laughs> So I could get the four. I could get the fifteen. That was the questions we were asking. The questions. hardest part of the of the tournament for secondary choices was if we take shock tactics and the opponent walks off it despite us, we don't get a hundred points. So, <laughs> so how do we be nice enough to people? So Which don't I, do I dropped three points on shock tactics in game three. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's a it's a totally reasonable unit. Um, I did play against one of the Games Workshop reps actually on round three. Um, that was at the event, which a it was nice to see Games Workshop reps at the event, just kind of scouting the tournaments. Um, but I did say to him that Desolation Marines were absurdly overpowered, and he was surprised, which isn't a great sign. Um, <laughs> oh, it doesn't no. bode well for tenth edition. <laughs> <laughs> but, but hopefully, I convinced him because um, I smacked him around quite badly. Um, but it was a fun game. He's a good guy. No, it was uh, the Rich Dudley, the guy from the 10th edition. I team. think that um, Scott guy that was doing, that ended up uh, in the five, uh, like playing for five and on the last round as a GW player as well, because he played Matty at a tournament in Scotland a while back, uh, and he was playing Demons as well. So I'm nice. sure he, uh, I think he uh, got some experience at the top end of the things as well. So yeah, hopefully uh, with the GW guys starting to show up to more of these UK events that we saw some reps at Coventry and now at Manchester and Nottingham, I think had a few as well. Um, them just keeping, seeing them keeping a pulse on the meta is super cool. Yeah, and I know, I know that he said there were some at Adepticon as well, which is, uh, just, I mean, that doesn't count as relevant, but it was, um, sorry, us. I'm sure they, um, I'm sure they watched 30 minutes of game tape. There were <laughs> lots of GW reps there for uh, Golden Demon judging, regardless. Hmm. Yeah, I heard that one really well. I did too. For different reasons, and you can read about that on Instagram, essentially, from a few of the artists who <laughs> participated. Uh, so then I went into my last round, um, which was uh, against Alex Harrison, and he was on Space Wolves. Um, and uh, this was a good matchup for me on a terrible mission. So uh, I was playing on Scouring, um, which is probably the worst mission for me to play him on. Um, so it became a very cagey game um, where he was trying to give me only just enough resources to kind of win by one point. Um, Unfortunately, uh, about halfway through my bottom of two, um, uh, Zach comes around and tells us that our clock is somehow each six, uh, 14 minutes fast. And we started a half hour late into the event, even though we were started our game during the pri uh, the announcements for prizes. So not exactly sure how that happened, um, but it did mean that we were each had to stop our clock 14 minutes. Um, we had 14 minutes less, and we were about 40 minutes there for the round um each of us left so that comes into play um in turn four this is kind of where he said i was sportsman my, myself out of 
out of a win. So on turn three, I bottom three, I bring in my reserves, um, and I just blast them, drop bots right in the middle of the board. I know that he can jump out and he can tag it, but it's calculated. I've got, I have all my, my Vanguard bets. I pick up like more than half his army um, with my with that shooting phase. Then he jumps into me with his uh, fight last captain and um, like one or two, two and like half units of Wolfguard pretty much, or Skyclaw Wolfguard and jump back idiots. Um, and tag the pod after killing the devs, right? And um, at this point, Alex has seven seconds left on his clock, um, and I've got about two and a half minutes. Remember, that's 14.07 left on his clock. It's not actually two, seven seconds left on his clock, but you know, <laughs> for us, it's seven seconds left on the clock. Um, and so I'm looking at this, and and I can dig him out, but the fact that the captain has uh, armor brust means that he can fight last, but with seven seconds left on the clock, he can't actually fight last me because um, he can't, you know, roll it, and I don't have any time to give him. So um, if I play out the mission for, for the rest of the turn and I kind of do everything I want to do, um, I he wins 72-69. Uh, um, if it goes to turn five, because I am able to, you know, leverage the fact that I death clock him and kill his fight last captain, who was also his opsec, um, then I'm going to win the game by, you know, deterministically by several points. Uh, tank game goes full length, not worrying about the time, then it's, I think I still win, but it's pretty close. It's not deterministic at all. So anyway, you know, I just kind of thought about it. I was like, you know, ex exploiting the fact that he can't actually use his fight death here is pretty pretty crappy. Uh, it's been a great game so far. I don't want to do that to him. So um, I decided to just end the game on turn four, um, which is, uh, you know, so I don't regret the decision to do that. Uh, what I do regret is not scoring out turn five because then Ennis <laughs> managed to just jump right on above me. I uh, take that third place spot, but you know, um, it's all right. It was a good game. Alex is a great player, so it was good to good experience to play with him and Porter. Again, not that the Mike's game was particularly skill intensive for either of us, but it was still good. Yeah, Brian was fantastically sportsmanlike, and I think they ended the game on turn four because they didn't know what would happen on turn five, which then meant that I had scored more. I, we had played a full turn with me and Manny, so I had scored more points and then tiebreakers was battle points, unfortunately. Um, I'll, I'll briefly run down my semifinal game against Manny. Uh, he took Supper Defiance and stood on the objectives, and I couldn't get to them because um, it was the scouring and there was no light cover, so everything that could get to them died to Desolation Marines. Um, and that was it. Uh, I lost 90 to 77. Very semi-finals. It was actually a really cool game uh, in the sense that, like, we uh, like we were playing over the middle a bunch, and because I had to stage up to threaten to jump his stubborn defiance objective, he got a few opportunities to make some long charges, which he hit. Like, I, I had to give him, I think, I had to give his terminators that were his stubborn defiance unit a nine-inch charge uh, onto like uh, a squad of onto a land speeder, and he hit it, and then shut me down four primary and a banner, and then did it again the next turn with like a seven-inch charge, and it was just slightly too much for me to grind it out. I think if he doesn't hit that charge, I have a very good chance of being in the game, which is why I offered it to him, because he had to expose to take the chance for it. Um, and then, you know, it's a 50-50 if you make a 9-inch charge or not. He did make it, which won in the game, for definite. I think he still wins the game, likely, if he doesn't. Um, but the alternative where I don't give him that charge, he definitely wins the game because there's no risk to him. He just sits there. Um, so I don't regret the choices, but it would have been nice for him to fail that. But it's Manny. He was never going to fail a nice charge. We all we all know his death. Never right, a day of life. For luck. Never once. He did fail it the first time in Commander rolled it with his last CP, and I was like, "All right, this will be okay." And no, it was it was not. It was a yeah. shame. Um, but no, it was a super good game. Uh, we were laughing and joking the entire game, and the game next to us sounded like they were um, 
uh, funeral home would be how I would describe it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we had a great time. It was just it was a hard game. Uh, like, yeah, no, was, I know. But like me and Manny were like laughing and joking and like playing yeah. to the crowd a little bit, and you guys yeah. were like yeah. funeral staring the board the entire oh, time. It's, it's real easy when you just lost the game in deployment. <laughs> please <laughs> let me. <laughs> Robert Thanks, Jones says, please let Ennis know he let us all down for the podcast. And I did. I'm sorry. I, uh, I really wish I had had anything that resembled light cover on an objective so that I could stand a Vanguard veteran on it and live a turn. Um, <laughs> but my infiltrators on turn one died to the wound to five to 20 Desolation Marines. And then on turn two, my Vanguard veterans did the exact same thing to five Desolation, to 20 Desolation Marines and a Talon Master to the wound twice. Uh, and I feel like the last five of Fuel Pain I had to pass, I failed on both instances. Um, it was utterly heartbreaking. <laughs> Dude, that was great though, overall. I mean, there it was stacked. There were so many good players. Um, yeah, also, none of them played each other until like game five was the earliest. We had like a really tough matchup. Um, I think Kyle Grundy, who we're going to be speaking to next week for some bonus content, played Conrad Barkowitz and Paddy Oakham in on day one. And then no other interesting matchup happened until like game four, uh, where Mike Duff played Mike Porter. Uh, uh, did, uh, Manny, I think round four as well. What happened? Hydar played Manny. Oh yeah, Hydar and Manny played round three. I think it was yeah. Right. Uh, but that was that was a complete write-off game. I don't think Hydar had a much of a shot there, unfortunately. Uh, it looked really rough when I went over to watch the entire game. Of the game. <laughs> I believed that I won a solid pack. Um, turns out when you put twenty desolation marines into ninety demonets, it ends badly for the demonets. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kept walking over to see him on his games and he would like he played um played our teammate Chris Irvin in game four. Uh and when you just you'd be like, okay, so I've run out of things to target, so just the, the ten desolation rooms are just gonna put all their indirect into that rust that I'm firing the nine dark glances at as well, because there's nothing else worth shooting at. Uh, it was very sad. <laughs> right, should we go into the stats for the week? Sure, we can talk stats. We can talk about 12 events worth of stats, and then we'll fill in some gaps with two more events worth of stats, essentially, or at least some conclusions for some events. I don't think anybody's going to be too horrifically surprised by what happened this weekend. Um, for Gene Steeler Colt, Gene Steeler Colt are actually at the top, though, which might be surprising to a few people uh, by win rate. 2.8% meta representation, a 58.6% win rate, three top fours, eight top tens for a 2.24 overrep. 26 players is a lot of Gene Steeler Colt players. That's like probably every single Gene Steeler Colt player that has ever existed, except for Innes, who is not playing Gene Steeler Colt over the weekend. <laughs> In second by win rate, we have World Eaters making up 4.9% of the meta with a 57.9% win rate with one event win courtesy of Anthony. Uh, three top fours, one of which, again, courtesy of Anthony, and then nine top tens for an overrep of 1.26. So perfectly balanced, really. If they uh, are a four and one hero faction for sure. Sometimes you uh, reach past and your reach exceeds your grasp, but I definitely think they will always post a pretty good win. You're sure to do the X and one. You're just good enough to make the and one a draw. Yeah, just kick it into the draw <laughs> column and you'll do okay. Was it a WDC draw or was it a real draw? It was a WDC draw. I won the game, but that doesn't matter. Um, yeah, that, that was, you know. It is what it is, man. Sometimes uh, sometimes things go well. Chaos Demons are the third 5.2% meta representation. And this is probably just how good the faction is. I'll probably just stay in the top five for the rest of ninth edition for however long that lasts. Yep. A 56.1% win rate. No event wins. Two top fours, five top tens, and a 0.81. Honestly, I think 
Chaos Demons are a very powerful faction. We're starting to work on Innis's monthly like recap, and I think I put them in like the top three or top four factions. I think I have them fourth or fifth right now. They're yeah, yeah, very Yes, you League, do, please. <laughs> Leagues of Vautan are in fourth, 4% meta representation, a 53.9% win rate. They won another event, three top fours and five top tens for a 1.57. They also made top, one of those top fours was at Adepticon, which I guess doesn't necessarily count super much, but they were in the finals for that one. I think Votan are probably okay. They're not great. They're not bad. They're functional. Their second week of posting like 54 to 55% win rates and decent overwrap. So it feels like they're they've kind of restabilized after getting the <laughs> further nerf in arcs. I think people have just started recognizing the Brokir are really good at his trap reserve and actually started actualizing and running those lists. Yeah, because um, they were not anywhere. Like Greg Chamberlain was running a squad of six with Grav in um, Manchester, and he went five 0 with them uh, hmm. in Thurian League. Wildly unnecessary, but I'm here for it. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I don't know what you're shooting with that, but fuck him, I guess. <laughs> you walk out, walk out uh, with Ufer Buff, and just like pick three things to remove. I mean, I guess you give him the Chapter Master rerolls right from a high call, and you just lit fire at two targets. Oh, the board edge, you fucking them. nerds. Yeah, but you don't have to be. You don't have to come in off the board edge, right? It might have been a five inside his fortress. I might be slightly off on that, but and they're sure. GTLs. So they're five and eight. It works. And then we have Astra Militarum with a nine point seven percent meta representation. Oh, I know why this is looking like it is. It's because I'm looking at all the Space Marine factions as one. Oh, what? <laughs> we'll we'll talk about this in just a second. Nine point seven percent meta representation of fifty three point five percent win rate four event wins eight top fours and 13 top tens for a 1.72 so not even like that brutal yet but that's a good weekend for guard every astro militarum player so who previously who didn't know how to play has now learned how to play and i just lose all their games to desolation marines yes i wouldn't i wouldn't do it that far they were better than they were yeah yes, that's really more of what it was is that a number of people who are good players have picked up guard and went to events where they could win with guard either thanks to terrain issues or other things but i'm going to rewrite that top five real quick for everybody because i'm going to talk about marines for a minute i uh i, hope, I hope you're all that guard are really hard to play so. we're part of the problem yeah you guys are you are problem. <laughs> i hear that guard die real fast if you huh? get exposed but that's about it that's really it well really it was good. the game where i where i over where I like flat tabled the Zinch Demon's army in the shooting phase, that I was a little bit. <laughs> How do you do that? They have a three up and vulnerable save against. What? <laughs> Get out of here, Innis. Innis was sweating that matchup too. He's like, I don't know. It could be kind of bouncy. And then he goes, He's like, I just tabled it. It was, it was easy. It didn't even matter. <laughs> I will say, I think Desolation Marines probably make Guard look pretty inconsequential just through sheer amount of... I, think I see your face, and all I want to say is that the Vanguard launcher killed the Burning Chariot. Um... <laughs> Nathan, I don't know what you're talking about, right? It's not like my, when they did what I said on, on game one and then my next guard game, I picked up the entire Barbican key squad for free on turn one. Yeah, because your opponent put it on the table, which they probably shouldn't have done in the first place. Turns out point. people didn't know that they needed Chimeras. So... Yeah. Huh. All right, we're going to go back in the time machine and we're going to talk about some uh space marine stats 
because I want to tell you about the real number one faction in the meta. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering why you skipped over this. <laughs> I was I was on the wrong tab. We have so many tabs. I fucked up. It's okay. <laughs> Iron Hads had 34 players, so more players than Gene Stealer Cult. 3.7% meta representation. A 65.8% win rate. One event win, five top fours, 13 top tens. And a 2.85 over rep ratio. <laughs> Just so you know, that is wild numbers. Those are... One with what the Rage Master Arsons. <laughs> the Master Arsons one. I'll get you that. We'll Jeremy will pull that up while I talk about the rest of the Marines who were around this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Black, <laughs> Black Templars. Nope. Black Templars Not touching that brand. number. What is, it? what is the number? Uh, it's 75%. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, what I'm going to tell you is that it is perhaps Iron Hands have hit harlequin-esque numbers sorry to everybody who keeps trying to tell me they're not as bad as harlequins but they're worse than harlequins because harlequins at least need to leave a building yeah but but here's the problem nathan space marines have a 50.5 percent win rate that's fine they're perfectly balanced they have a 50.5 percent win rate a (laughs) 1.14 over rep gw pay attention to subfactions please for the love of god no, I, I was gonna look for brands. I don't think there's any issues with Iron Hands. People just need to stop weekend. submitting a list that hard loses to a pod. That's on them. Yeah. I was gonna try to find Brant this weekend to ask him that question. Be like, "Hey, are you guys gonna be considering subfaction win rates before you guys submit the data slate?" But I didn't see him. Maybe he was ducking me. I don't. Can know. someone please just screenshot Anthony's face there and put it in the Discord? Just just a in, little bit. <laughs> in second place, we have Black Templars at a 1.6 percent meta representation. And despite not winning any events, they had a 58.8% win rate. I think a lot of Black Templars players are just leaning into that Impulse or Melta spam build and just running free Thunder Hammers and Melta at people and then watching them die. But some people can just pick all of that stuff up, like Iron Hands with a bunch of Desolation Marines firing Dark Lances. Yeah, I watched uh, round two of All is Dust. I watched Francois go into one of our buddies, Josh, who was running 60 Crusaders and two Brutalis Dreads, and it was over by the end of turn two. Yep. In 10th and 11th place, we do also have Space Marines. Uh, Space Wolves had 35 players, uh, 3.8% of the meta, a 53.2% win rate. They had a top four and top 10 for a 0.55. So Space Wolves not doing that great, but... Where's Dark Angels? We're about to talk about them. You're right on time. Uh, 53 players, a 5.7% win rate. So more than world leaders. 5.7? That seems low. <laughs> more, more than basically any faction except for Astronilitarum. I heard win rate. He did say so win rate. Oh, did I? Their, their meta representation is 5.7%. Their win rate is 52.9%. Um, they've, but they've Balanced. won two events. They have four top fours. Just people keep submitting Ravenwing lists, Jeremy. Seven top tens. Or they keep forgetting that they need to charge off the middle occasionally and just keep moving forwards and just shove their opponent's whole army off the table. They don't actually have to do that, usually. Yeah, but you can, and you might as well, because you can. Uh, 1.46 for their over-rep ratio. So they're probably not at... 
<laughs> says noted Dark Angels apologist Jeremy in the corner. Apologist. <laughs> Look, I just want a chance to put Azrael on the table. You'll get a chance to put him on the table. Unfortunately, he's also been marked out as part of his faction as something that needs to get thrown right into the dumpster. Look, I'm fine. I'm sure that that win rate, which is desperately in need of improvement, will get much better once the line comes in. Um, yeah. And they just add an Abaddon to their army list. It'll be fine. I, on the other end of the spectrum for Marines, a bunch of their factions are in the bottom five. Uh, Crimson I mean, Fist and Imperial... Well, we're just going to talk about it. Crimson Fist didn't have any players, so they were at the bottom. Um, Imperial Fist had two players and are second to the bottom. What heroes? And then Death Guard are the first faction we get to that's not a Marine faction and has more than 10 players with a 33.5% win rate, but some champion of the people got a top four. 33.5. After that, it's Salamanders and... <laughs> After that, it's Salamanders and Ultramarines, each with a 36% win rate and more than 10 players. The Ultra should be higher than that. Come on, guys. What are you We're doing? We're all playing Iron Hands. And then Thou Thousand Sons are the next pure faction at a 37.3. And then it's Blood Angels and White Scars, who are also not doing too hot, still, but in the upper 30s. I had a hand in that. Uh, Sisters are the next pure book faction after Death Guard. And Thousand Sons at a 40% win rate. Then it's Raven Guard and Death Watch. And then Chaos Space Marines and Tyranids. It feels like for a while we were cruising. Everybody was pretty close together. Things were kind of nice. It feels like they dropped arcs. And everything has just re... Redrakari meta itself into that spear. Yeah, Arc started the splintering, and then um, Desolation Marines was our double event. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's, there's I, I do want to point out that seven of the bottom ten armies are oh. Marine subfactions. There are two polar ends of this equation, right? You have a uh, you have a couple have factions that are all. Devastator Doctrine factions, essentially, who are taking advantage of Codex Warfare and Space Wolves, who are taking advantage of Melta Spam. But that's a different thing. Um, a bunch of factions that are Devastator Doctrine specific, that are taking advantage of Cortex Warfare, scoring way too many points way too easily, and being able to stay in Devastator Doctrine for the whole game. On the other hand, you have Assault Armies, who didn't get as much out of any of this stuff because getting to assault, getting your units into the assault doctrine to score and only score what one point if per you're unit. If you're not playing a turn three, then you don't get to score assault doctrine points. <laughs> yeah, so like, there's fine. There's there's two ways to fix. There, there's a haves and have nots. No, there's, there's really like one. Fifty five ways to fix them. No, you just you, you obviously they're they need a buff with that terrible win right? So you like shock tactics five. Um, and, and you let every time you take a Thunder Hammer, you get 20 points to spend on something else. And I think every that'll balance you, them. Yeah, well. Every time you get a Thunder Hammer, it actually costs you a CP. <laughs> They're rare relics. Chaos don't even have them. Yeah. Hey, they yeah, have yeah, one take on um, the Lord. Obsidious Malax. Oh, yeah. One Thunder Hammer in the whole of the Chaos yeah. Space Marine. That's all I need. <laughs> And Vashtor has one, a generic one. It's called Vashtor's Hammer. It's not minus one to hit. He stole it from so some dark. scout sergeant who carried a thunder hammer onto the field. And I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure a wolf guard, like a regular wolf guard, uses a thunder hammer better than Vashtor does. It hits the same and it has triple 26s. Vashtor doesn't even get let the galaxy burn. So. It's true. 
I will say that Drukari, actually, speaking of the Drukari meta, are perfectly in the middle, basically, with a 50% win rate. One day we'll be back. I think they just have no top fours. I think this they is have just no the episode where we're trying to kill Anthony. I, I will say the one <laughs> faction that kind of is funnily, like, has a high overrep is actually Adeptus Mechanicus, whose win rate is only a 46%, and there are only, like, one and a half dozen players at this point for a low meta representation, but they did get two top fours and two top tens for an overrep of 2.16, which is partially because of low meta representation. But also some of the reviews I've been hearing about Adeptus Mechanicus like circling around from folks is that Mechanicus might actually be okay. Not great, but okay. Um, and then we have Orcs, who I think are just underrated, actually. Nah, he busted. 3.9% representation, a 50.6% win rate, and then a 0.54 overrep. So just Brian's one top four and two top ten. It is just because Brian's not playing him. Maybe Brian can give us some advice in the meta section about how to play orcs yeah, properly. Don't take kill rigs. He's Are a, you saying yep. we're not supposed to play yep, transport? Wrong, Anthony. And everything oh. about your team is wrong. No, no, no. Should we battle wagons? Battle wagons and trucks, baby. Should Let's we play transportless there. orcs? No should we play gas as should we put gas into a battle wagon as well or whatever his transport thing is <laughs> yeah gas and transportless uh flash kits i think is the feature at least 35 right yeah yeah okay jeremy do you want to fill in some gaps from the two events that we missed if you so have I, the I haven't been able to find it, but I know that there is that there. Well, actually, I have the list, but I have I don't have the pairings because they didn't put them in there. Uh, but there was a French War Games Day open event. It was a hundred and twenty person event. Uh, from what I have been told, uh, friend of the show Liam Vessel, uh, very very strong uh, Belgian player, won the event. Uh, he was running, uh, I think, it was Swiss strikes and masterful shots with. Uh, a Harlequin's detachment. I will look exactly what Harlequin's detachment that was. Uh, yeah, masterful shots and swift strikes, and it was a light detachment running double death jester, which is gaming. Um, that's all I know about that event. I know that they were playing on WTC tables, uh, and then the other event that uh, isn't included in the stats yet, just because I haven't gotten to it yet, is uh, Tourney Keep. There's an event in Tourney Keeper. It was the the Krakow Masters event uh, that was run one by Dark Angels. Uh, of special note, because this was just amazing to see, is Duda, who ran a Wraith Knight. Yes. And went quite good at Warhammer, so... He went 4-1 and one with a Wraith Knight. Is, is, is Duda on a WTC Duda's team? Duda's the previous Polish team captain from, okay. like, 2018. Pretty yeah, right. widely renowned as, like, a murderer. Like one of the best players in the world ever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he ran he ran Masters of Concealment Vengeful. What even is that? <laughs> Masters of Concealment a... gives you light and dense, depending on how far away you are and what you're benefiting from. And I think Vengeful is plus one to wound once you've taken a casualty, plus one to have you've taken a casualty. I think it's plus one to hit below starting strength or something like that. Yeah, what even the fuck? <laughs> Look, man, like... you are just not ready for Alpine Cup Eldar lists. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> we could be doing that, okay? Just think about it. Don't just... Well, yeah. oh, Wraith Knight would have a heavy Wraith Cannon and a Titanic Ghost Glaive and two Scatter Lasers. Gaming, baby. 
Is that like 200 players essentially across those two events that were missing from our stats? Yeah, about that. It was about uh, 26 is in melee. There we go. Somebody, I I know, know, somebody would know the rules. I have it on the authority uh, that it's exploding eights in melee. Yeah, so, exploding uh, eights is way cooler. Yeah. <laughs> Plus a two to hit, back in eight. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, as Hader says, there was a tournament in France last weekend with 96 players. Unfortunately, that was a doubles tournament, uh, which isn't tracked. The singles room was 120 players. Yeah. Uh, yeah but we don't track to that doubles, doubles tournament for having almost 1,000 people in attendance. That is incredibly That's gaming. Cool. Yeah, I think um, there was something like 1,500 people in total attendance at the French War Games Day, which... Jesus Christ. They, yeah. The French know how to run big events. We just don't talk about them in the English world nearly as much as we should. To be fair, they were probably striking, so they didn't have to go to work. <laughs> um, <laughs> helps. There was nobody manning the intertubes in order to communicate them to other people. That's right. They also run it on, like... Uh, the the most outdated websites all known to mankind that nobody has ever seen before. So but that, that still see it. Well, you know, you can't change anything in France ever. Exactly. They're going to raise they the retirement age of the edition, and everybody's going to go wild. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, speaking boy. of outdated websites, uh, we discovered something <laughs> hilarious this morning. Uh, anyone who participated in All Is Dust this weekend oh, was yeah. removed from the Canadian rankings. What? Yeah, yeah. If you go and look at the at the at the the, the ITC rankings and then, and then go to Canada, you'll notice that there are none of the big Canadian players in there because they were all just like they played events in Canada. Like a good example that is like Hamza has six events in Canada. He's number three in the overall ITC right now. He's not in the Canadian rankings anymore. None of his events are Canadian anymore. I fucked up their event so hard they lost their ability to be Canadians. <laughs> so Canada meta literally kicked knocked the Canadian out of them. So what yeah. I'm hearing is that the Canada meta is softer than the US meta, and the US meta is also soft. That event was harder than almost any event I've played in the States. Damn it, Anthony, quit ruining my narrative. <laughs> All right. All right, bro. How about we transition to Brian telling us? about orcs and how we should play orcs in ways that are efficient. Let's... Brian, tell us your your deepest, darkest thoughts about Warhammer right now. Um, I think that uh, kill rigs are not very good. I mean, I think they're fine, but I think that they're way better to play um, orcs without kill rigs and to just take battle wagons that are dramatically cheaper and you get more stuff. Turns out stuff is good, especially an army just scores like Necrons. So, Brian also um, hasn't painted a kill rig, so he doesn't like them. Uh, that is the real reason why I started not playing them. Uh, but then I did some games on TTS, and I stand by my assertions. It's not just healthy goggles, okay? It is also, it's also a deliberate choice. Um, I but I do think like battle battle wagons allow you to take mega nobs. I think the combo is very good, um, and uh, I think mega nobs are well positioned right now. Uh, especially against armies like Guard and, and the like, where you can stand on cover against heavy flame responses when you attack them in combat and laugh at them with your two of arms. Poor Chris, man. <laughs> <laughs> I just turned around and think of Chris. You said that orcs score kind of like Necrons. Do you kind of want to go mm -hmm. into that a little bit and talk to us about kind of the tech? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I, I always tell people that the little green Necrons because their secondaries are absolutely absurd um so ne necrons as we all know tend to like to get board control they like to get a lot of points and then they want to end turn three on like 85 points and then be like you can't catch me let's just move on to the next game um orcs because of their secondaries with things like get the good bits where they just dig for trash and get 15 points 
um, or Green Tide, where they stand in a quarter digging for trash and get points. Um, allow them to have a passive gameplay that that doesn't even require them to devote many resources because both those are scored by Grotz, while the rest of the army shoves forward. So you know you can score um, 25 secondary points with 80 points of your army, um, while 1920 points of your army jumps into their deployment zone and pressures them, um, which also allows you to deny them primary points. Um, so orcs are kind of like Necrons, like I said, in the sense of scoring their secondaries and scoring uh, good on primary. But they have the secret hidden mode of I'm just going to table you um, because they do a lot of damage. If people uh, fuck around, they find out. So what kind of list are you looking at? If you were to play orcs right now instead of I hear you're on guard for things, what kind of list would you play if you <laughs> played orcs right now? Brian, if you tell them anything about home nations. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I was sort of at... Um, you just told us something about home nations. Elvio, <laughs> 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 um, I was on Death Skulls. Um, I felt like they were really well positioned because of the mortal protection. Now that mortals have kind of fallen off a cliff, thanks to Tyrannus being put in the ground and uh, Thousand Suns being gone, um, I, I went back to uh, Goths because Zach struck my boy, um, and he's so much fun to play with. Um, and the extra damage makes a big difference. It um, tends to mean you actually kill units entirely, and that makes combat math much easier. Um, so usually my lists tend to be uh, tanky war boss. Um, a uh, brutal but cunning war boss, and uh, uh, there's another HQ choice that I'm forgetting about, but those are those are two main ones. I'm gonna pull my list while I do this. Um, but those those are the main ones, um, and then the uh, I can't um, the the brutal but cunning war boss goes on adventures and takes out the hard to kill things. Um, and every orc list has something that's hard to kill. Usually, it's something which is. Um, a one-up armor save, like a storm shield thing or something like that. And you need to be reliably get in AP4 three damage attacks um, that are rerolls, but not really rerolls. Um, which gets around a lot of rerolls. Yeah, it's so good. Um, <laughs> Zag is your third HQ, according oh, to the boy. Yeah, so Zag's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and Zag starts great for assassinating characters. Um, that is his favorite job, and he's very, very good at it. Um, he comes out of a battle wagon and goes 21 inches. Um, and then charges with a free reroll. Um, turns out that's pretty good. Um, and most people are unable to hide from that, um, especially when the battle wagon is on the midpoint. Um, and he flies. Uh, and then the core of the troops um, is I have a couple of peace snag units, which I've been using lately. I really like them. Um, they, uh, besides giving you some access to OPSEC and GOFs, um, they just that strength five with plus two strength going up to seven. It's a fantastic breakpoint. It helps a lot of matchups that were kind of tricky in desk calls, like knights, um, and now you just murder them. Um, so that's really nice. Uh, and then obviously you have a bunch of the MVPs, the Grats. Um, just got to dig for those trash, uh, find new things to build killer cans out of. Um, I like big 10 minions of commandos, um, at least one, uh, sometimes two, because it allows you to, a 10 man unit lets you string out across most of the board, which is enough to stop alpha strikes, should it be necessary. If you ever win a roll off, I never do, but you know, I hear that that's good. You won the roll off against um, me, shut up. No, it didn't matter. Um, I, against uh, Harpster, I lost every roll off, and that hurts. Um, and then uh, I get Meganoms. So Meganoms, I tend to do four man units, um, and 
Uh, this is because we take up two spots in Battle Wagons, and I like to have 10 Grots, four Mega Nobs, and something, like a character, in a Battle Wagon. And that's so that my uh, Grots can get extra three inch of movement to get onto an objective turn one. If I get to go first or if I go second, um, I can emergency disembark and the Meganoms can step on the burning bodies of the Grots on the way out of the vehicle. Um, so I get, don't lose any Grots at all. Um, they use them as ankle support as they get out, basically. Yeah, and, and 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 then I've got a bunch of Storm Boys um, trying, you know, trying war bikes out. Basically, just, just little units that can score and kill things. And uh, then we have the battle wagons and some trucks. Um, and the whole point of the vehicles, and this is why I like the or the transports, is activation control. Battle wagons are kind of tough to kill because they're toughness eight. If you give them the upgrade for uh, our case um, and sixteen wounds with three up save, they definitely die in this meta. But it'll frequently take a number of activations. And because of how I've designed, like I said, the list with the grots and the emergency disembarkation, you tend to then be able to, okay, well, they've shot this side of the battlefield, so now I can disembark behind this ruin, and I'm not going to die. And then I'm closer to the enemy. And then you get maximum value out of it um, without losing, you lose 130, or 120 points, or 135, if you so just give it a death um, And that's kind of the list, how, how the list works. I just push up, and then uh, do some activation control, some clever placement of models, and then it's all about combat placement and combat it's an absolute nightmare to play against not gonna lie you just kind of feel like nothing you do matters ever uh and there's always more stuff behind a wall and uh, you've killed everything and you've scored seven points and it's very unpleasant not gonna lie brian how do they feel about uh desolation squads (laughs) um so it's it's they're very obviously great into us um toughness five is is very good there um for the boys but obviously gretchen are vulnerable um but because of how good get the good bits is it's not i, I mean i haven't played it but i don't think it's as bad as it seems as it long as maybe keeps you to a 12 on it is really how it ends up being yeah you just gotta slowly feed out your units and, and be careful about it um and then you're usually kind of be okay and it's and most units in your army can do um good bits as well uh, but that's actually one of the reasons why i've shifted the war bikers as well as i think war bikers are very good against the solution marines because they're minus one to hit their toughness five and their 10 wounds in the unit and their core. So they can actually do good bits without dying to desolation marines in a single activation. So that's the theory at least with final limits, right? Makes sense. <laughs> Thanks. And then you, you showed us some painted Eldar as another army that you're thinking well, about playing. Let's in the do one more order. thing before we jump over to Eldar. Brian, people are playing against orcs. They're losing. What should they be doing? Uh, you need to find a way to push out of your deployment zone. That the pressure list is all about I'm going to make you fight me in your deployment zone. If you make the battle happen in the midfield, um, orcs will die. <laughs> it's two turns of, 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 of guys, and then I'm usually out of steam. But the problem is, um, for most people, is that if I am having that battle happen in your deployment zone, then I'm getting 12s, you're getting at best fours, and you're so far behind on primary while I'm collecting secondary points that you can't win the game. Um, and that's assuming you know, I didn't kill you. If you um, try and stay out of my threat range um, and are trying to be really careful about that, sometimes you just don't score the points you need because you're trying to be really careful. For example, this big game that uh, Ennis mentioned about against Chris, he took guard, stayed out of my threat range, but never scored any primary points um, because of that. Um, so it's a balancing act between you know, protecting your assets and having the board control to actually score the points. So... You can accomplish a lot of that with move blocking, um, though we have some fly units, but it minimizes the amount of things that can fly over you. 
um, you know, wrapping, giving me targets that are decent or controlling my movement abilities by measuring out, oh, the battle wagon or this can move here. But if I move this unit up far enough, then they actually lose movement and then can't hit me behind, even if they should kill me. So just mind your own board control is kind of the key there. Yeah, you'll also find you'll get a lot of mileage out of giving orcs a long charge rather than giving them no charge. So if you make the orcs roll a bunch of you know nines and tens at you, it becomes very sketchy for them to choose not to take them if they just advance the position against you and don't take those charges, you're now in fit range of them. But if they do take the charges, the odds that they just fail a bunch of them is much higher, right? Uh, it's the same way you would play in something like Drakari. Staying out of their third range seeds board control. Staying just in their third range means that they either take a risk or they lose positioning advantage. Uh, and that's how you recover that game without just completely hard ending into them by being like, right, here's a bunch of like fours, five, sixes that they're going to hit because they have rerolls. If you just say, here's, you know, a couple of nines, maybe a ten, maybe you've got like one eight because you can take a really good position and if they fail it, it's great. Uh, and it's like, you know, one squad and you maybe can, you know, deal with that. Uh, that's how you get back in the game and you keep the position up. Obviously, if the Orcus goes first and just jumps you, you don't really get to play with that. But a lot of the time, that's the way that you'll keep that control. How do you feel about that, Brian? Yeah, I agree. And I'd also say take all the movement steps you got. So you have a movement phase, but a lot of times people will have shooting units that they don't charge with because in their head they're like, oh, I don't want to be in combat with this unit. But charging to get an extra 2d6 inches of movement plus three inches consolidate and pile in, even with a unit like a Lehman Rust, you might not necessarily want to have in combat can be really huge to getting you that board control and that movement that you might have otherwise not blocked on before your shooting phase began. Makes sense. Cool. Brian, now, now you can ask any other questions. Sir. <laughs> what was that? Brian's charging crisis suits, a true a true terror. That's true. <laughs> so now we can talk about your Eldar stuff now that we've talked about how to beat orcs. You held up a striking scorpion exarch. What is the Craft World Eldar stuff? What is the interest there? Um, <laughs> so, uh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Anthony, Innes, uh, Typhus, and Boom and I are going to Alpine pretty soon. And uh, um, I was uh, definitely playing Harlequins. Um, and uh, and then it turns out that I wasn't. So then I was definitely playing Craft World Eldar. Um, and then it turns out that I wasn't. Um, so <laughs> I have... I have some hardcore hobby goggles on right now where I'm painting up crap world Eldar because, you know, I hate everyone on my Alpine team and I'm going to just get this army done. Um, so I am having a lot of fun getting these guys painted up um, and doing conversions. Uh, the uh, Exarch I held up is kind of the, and shout out to Brody Middleton, by the way, because his ideas for some, a lot of these conversions, I'm just kind of trying to execute them half as well as he did. Um, but it's like the bottom half of, uh, of a guardian and the top half is, is the fine cast from the, uh, striking scorpion itself. And then we have guys like Parandros here. He was like all Tark with the, with his head and then, you know, a couple other bits and stuff like that. So nice, nice, easy conversions, but just kind of making them look better than the fine cast parts. It's just, I have a, for some reason I have the urge to paint and I almost never have that urge. So I'm just trying to ride that horse as long as it, as long as it will let me. Okay. That makes sense. So no thoughts, only paint. Exactly. Um, I think I think they're good. I mean, I think I think that um, you it, you can play lists. The best lists right now are probably Swiss strikes, um, and they're they're lists like Liam's and 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 Vix, where you have to five head games and play perfectly. And if you do, you you have a good shot of winning, um, as long as you're not playing Desolation Marines and are also um, 
experience with the army. Um, but um, I think um, I think other armies like like Hale are, is a lot of fun. But really, I'm just trying to get Eldar because I think the book is really cool. Uh, it's got a lot of really fun rules and 10th edition coming, and all those rules are going in the trash. So I'd like to play with them before they're gone. <laughs> so, Brian just keeps seeing our Eldar player having fun with Baharoth and wants, wants <laughs> to play with I have to play with Phoenix Towards before they're gone. It's necessary. <laughs> do we want to do plugs then? Yes, I will do the plugs and then we'll roll into a break and some short questions. So I have the same script as last week. I'm sticking with it because, frankly, I, I ain't got nothing back. So, you didn't lose it. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't drop it this time. My, Yeah, I know. I'll do it just for you, Nathan. There you go. Oh, thank you. So, hey, everybody. Thank you all for watching StatCheck so far. We are really enjoying the show. We have 85 live viewers right now, which is frankly absurd. I think that's by far the most we've ever had. Uh, I think everybody's just here to see the wonderful, wonderful man Brian, that is yeah. Brian. Um, so... We couldn't obviously we couldn't do this with all your support so there are a bunch of ways that you can continue that and that we would love to have you guys on board for so the first and the simplest is there is all of the social stuff you can do so that's liking subscribing leaving a review on itunes or spotify or all of the, the random crap we get it it's a pain to be asked but it really helps us out with discoverability and just you know getting access to a bunch of features on youtube and all that kind of thing uh, the other one that you can do which we would really appreciate is you can pay five dollars a month to get access to our discord uh, and also any bonus content that we've got coming out so for example we had an episode of End of the Matrix come out for, for our patrons on Friday. That'll be going live for everybody in a couple of weeks. But if you want to see it now, maybe you've got a five-man team event coming up. Hint, hint. Uh, maybe you're at Alpine Cup, for example. You could check that out, and it'd be great for you. Um, that's $5 a month. It gets access to our Patreon, where you can speak to all of us. Brian's in there, dropping hot orc wisdom on the poor sods who are still trying to kill rigs. Uh, we've got a bunch of fantastic people in there. There's like 275 people in the Discord now, um, and we would love to have you. Otherwise... You can also watch Innis like desolate people on TTS <laughs> matches, like in our Vibe Check League this morning. Yeah, I played. Uh, I played against uh, a friend of the show, uh, Doug Tabor, and his Votan, and he had not much left after turn two. And then Gulliman one shot of four, and then uh, the five Berserkers got out. Three of them broke their ankles, and the other two ran to morale. Uh, <laughs> was it was a good day. Um, <laughs> The other thing you can do for us that we would really appreciate is you can check out the other shows on the network. That is End of the Matrix and X and One. X and One is every Thursday at 12 midnight UK uh, and then variable other times across the world. Uh, that is our show that covers all the things about improving, getting better 40k and also doing it on a relatively limited time budget or, you know, other kinds of budgets. Definitely they cover all, all gamuts of that spectrum. I was on the last episode, which was super cool. Uh, they'll be diving into helping Cliff build a death watch list a week on Thursday. So that'll be you're listening to the show the day it comes out which will be wednesday the 29th it'll be a week from a week tomorrow for you the other show that's out is end of the matrix that's our show that's run by typhus the polish wonderkind uh who covers all things team tournament you should definitely go listen to that it's some of the best content in 40k uh the end of the matrix on five-man teams will be coming out for everybody a week on friday Lastly, myself and Typhus both offer coaching. If you want to check that out, you can email us at, stat, at coaching at stat-check.com or you can check out our website, which is stat-check.com slash coaching. Uh, we'd love to have you if you're interested in any way, shape, or form about improving your game. And you can drop check that last X1 episode to hear some of the stuff that we are um, engaging with in that process. Otherwise, we're going to answer the one question that we have from the Super Chats before we take a short break. Then we'll be back, for 10, we'll be back in about 10 minutes uh, if you're listening to the show at any recorded session. 
you're probably going to hear an ad here, probably for Goonhammer, and then we'll disappear, uh, and then we'll come back very shortly. If you're with the live stream, stick around. We'll be bantering with the chat a little bit, uh, going and grabbing a drink and all that good stuff. So the one question we have from the Super Chats is Ben, ben I believe this is Ben Jurek, asking, what is your WTC matrix score into the Orc Mirror for Brian? Um, this is, I'm assuming you're asking about kill rigs. Um, so the kill rigs are favored into my version of the list. Um, I think kill rigs are actually kind of annoying to kill, um, but it's 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 still works on orcs, so it's not like a massive win for the kill rig list. Probably more like a eight twelve something along those lines, I would say. And then Brian adds in skill and makes it a fifteen five or a zero twenty. Uh. Yeah, it's twenty two I offer. <laughs> Brian is the uh, the orc savant. You can't trust that man with orcs. No, you can trust him to lose or win a game on a dime, though, with absolutely no no reasoning behind it. <laughs> All right, everybody, we're going to take a 10-minute break. We'll be back at quarter past the hour, wherever you are. Thank you so much for being with us, and we will be back with you shortly. Welcome back to Statcheck, everybody. That was definitely a 10-second pause. Uh, we know exactly what we're doing. We are going to jump straight into show questions. So thank you for sticking out with us. We are going to be taking the ones from the Discord first, and we'll be taking any that came in from Super Chats, and then if we've got some time at the end, we'll take some from the regular chat. So let's start with the show <clears> questions. <throat> first question is... That's the pin messages. That's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for the threads. That's how this works. Hey, there we go. Sam Levin asks, when designing teams lists, how much trust do you put in your players to write the correct list for the faction? <laughs> Zeroes across the board. Absolutely nice. fucking none. Because the problem is, is that you can't just let them write their own list. Because if you do that, you end up with a whole team comp that's plinking about singles matters. Yep. And you have to start asking people, dude, I need one of you to like just make a work so that plays Archangel. Please. What the fuck just happened? That was Brian's cast. Second cast. Second cast at Brian's table. Yeah. My house is just a zoo. Yeah, <laughs> um, you end up with just people not taking in considerations of team comp. Um, once people are like, once you get people past that first stage of being like, all right, guys, I need somebody to like, come up with some societies for Dark Angels, and then people will submit some stuff, and then you're like, all right, cool. I think this is like, you can trust them like through the process, but you got to guide them through it. You can't just be like, I, I want a list. Uh, it doesn't work. Reasonable. That's also like, depends on what level of teams you're playing. If you're playing like identical teams with your friends, you're probably fine. Don't worry. It's fine. One of our and people then, brought, brought freaking the Canoptic special character says Ras or whatever it is that Sheras, one yeah good lad yep sam also asks how do you combat innovation and doing unique stuff in a team's list versus taking the proven unit and thing you got to prove your innovation like that that's kind of all it is right uh if you can show me a bunch of practice games where you're like this is the thing that i think is better than the thing that's good fine if you can't then you're playing the thing that's good I think it's also something about the role the team the army's playing, right? Because you can if you can build a list that beats Dark Angels, but you only have one list now that beats Dark Angels, it doesn't really matter because they get pair around it. Um, so it's about the rest of the team makeup <laughs> and you know what what roles your armies are filling. To that end, my world leaders are very clearly built for like keep it all close. If someone fucks around, make them find out. Like that's the only goal of the list. <laughs> Does that very well. It does that immaculately. It wouldn't change a thing. 
Will asks, the balance date is it should be out soon. I was really hoping it was going to be out already. I was really hoping it came out yesterday for Alpine Cup. Uh, I think that would have been the right kind of chaos. But... <laughs> no, because if it had come out yesterday, then I would have had captains voting on cap on on including it for the Canhammer team tournament this That'd weekend. And that. I would have just... We've had a balance date on the Thursday before an event and had resubmissions because of it. It was great. Yep. Ugh. <laughs> Um, what are Brian and the crew's predictions for it? So let's start. Go, we'll go clockwise around starting with Brian. Um, well, predictions and what I want to happen are very different things. Um, <laughs> so uh, I predict, based on the surprise from the Guest Workshop rep, that desolators will not be touched at all, um, which is unfortunate. Um, I think that the a nerf to no longer be able to stay in Devastator Doctrine, I think, is the only reasonable change they could make that is affects the win rates of the armies that are doing well right now, solves Codex Warfare, at least helps Codex Warfare, and uh, also will have an impact on Desolation Marines. So, you know, I might be wishless in here, but I really hope that they just say Dev Doctrine is back to turmoil only. That's the only way you can fix it. Uh, Excuse me, and then uh, baby transhuman would be great on on uh, on Dark Angel Terminators as well. Um, those are the big ones. Uh, GSC, um, I would say they shouldn't be able to be ignore nods and be baby transhuman um, and have two additional traits for some freaking reason. I don't understand. Um, like there's something, something there should be, should be calmed down. I don't think those two traits should be able to be taken in conjunction with each other. I don't really know to book in secondary, how they make their custom factions enough to know how they should fix that in terms of like how many slots it should take or something. But, um, uh, other than that though, I think GSC is okay. I think, I think that last week, I think it was last week, John was on, right? Um, I think he's wrong in the sense of the army is bad if you know how to play against it. But I do think the army gets a lot of mileage and a lot of win rate out of people not knowing how to play against it. Uh, what other armies are good? Um, Guard. Demons. Well, Demons calm down Reader Rebels. Can't score turn one. Would be great. Guard. Obvious ones. Fix Kazakin. Um Sentinels are absurd and should not have every keyword in the they game. Lose the platoon keyword. <laughs> yeah. Pick one. Pick a lane. That's all. I don't care which one it is. Just pick a lane. Um, they have to lose a keyword. It's true. Yeah. Or two. Like I'd be fine with two. Core yeah. would work. Also, take um, as a auto wind away from born. Already went over the iron hands changes. You know, shock attack four, uh, five, and Thunderhammer's key points. And then uh, I don't think I don't know if anything else really needs it that bad. Everything else is like they're good armies. Want to see? Uh, buffs. Um, I I'm really torn on Admech because. I look at all the stuff that they have, and it seems like there's an army there. But then I try and write a list, and I just get completely lost, and I can't yep. do it. So I, I don't understand like what it is about them. There's got to be points. There's a bit of CP problems as well. They like to use a lot of CP. Um, I'd like to see Tal get a little bit buffed, but not only there's something you can do with balance here. I think that's like a smidge of points. Uh, maybe you could probably get broadsides back core. I don't think that would break them. Anymore, especially with the the changes to uh, everyone just fucking hate town. I actually think that would be fine. Yeah, um, with the new commander changes, you can't take like multiple commanders and shadow sun. She takes a whole commander slot, which is a lot. Um, and uh, what other buffs could there be? 
core back on pain engines. Fuck you. Jukari uh, um, have a 50% win rate. They need nothing. I did just get a Jukari uh, army in the mail, so I kind of want to play them. Um, I don't know. Maybe Jukari uh, isn't, isn't affected by his own aura. Um, I'm, I'm really nervous about uh, Death Watch getting nerfed or getting buffed because that army is cracked if they do it wrong. Um, so that makes me very nervous. Third Desolation Marines and Death Watch. I'm coming. The fact that they single them out is very, very alarming. So yeah. we'll see. Uh, Sorry, that was long, I mean, long winded. It's fine. It's your question, technically. We're just here to add it to Endems. I think uh, they could just add core back to pain engines and Drakari would be fine. Like, I don't think it would cause any problems, all. actually. It wouldn't cause any problems. Like, what is it going oh, to be yeah. better than at this point? It's not that. What is it... it gives them plus one toughness. That's like the yeah. main most that that does. It's not going to do anything in the grand scheme of things. It makes the, the army, army mildly. The army of renown doesn't have anything in core that's like super wild for them. It lets that the army of renown be played actually like I think it was intended to be played, but that's about it. I don't trust you on that one. I'm not gonna it's, lie, Anthony. I can see your hidden agenda. It's, really, <laughs> it's just not that crazy. My my biased change would be to revert artists of flushed, but that's not happening. So <laughs> yeah, like, I, I get it. The the real thing I think they need to do is they need to take Casterkin and make it so they can only shoot one target and get a six mortal wounds cap on it. And that probably fixes most of that problem. It should just not have the sixes like from born. I don't think they'll take that away because unlike Votan, there's not like a bunch of stuff that can key off of it in the same way. There were only two things in Votan, dude. Oh, well, it's only one thing in guard. It's the one thing. Oh, there's two in guard. Overlapping what's, too. What does overlapping do though? I've never seen anybody use that strategy um, Rerolls to wound and then sixes to wound to an earn extra AP. Okay. I thought it was plus one to wound. That's I don't mind. It's, it's it one is of plus one. Then, it's plus one to wound. Yeah, and then it's also sixes to wound or an additional AP. I was talking to um, winners about it when I played him. Sure. I don't think I've ever seen anybody use that stratagem before. Yeah, because you don't have to, because you can kill four units at the same time with your broken as fuck Kasserkin. Yeah, I, 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 I still expect <laughs> Kasserkin to get fixed. Um, I don't think they're going to touch. I don't expect them to fix Kasserkin if they're looking mostly at win rate. They're gonna they're gonna dip if they do a good job and they fix sub factions, they're gonna make both of the Iron Hand sub factions that people are taking all consuming. They're gonna that make would change nothing. Yeah, that, our Vanguard vets are slightly but worse. But they're also going to make it so that you have to cycle doctrines. And they're probably gonna change how Codex Warfare is scored. I'll just I will just play Stalwart and Warded, and it will not change anything. I promise you I'll still table you. <laughs> <laughs> They're just going to do things down the line. I'll take many trends you win a five against morals, and I promise it won't help you. I think, I think what alarms me about this this data set is that it's the last one in ninth edition, which means that this is what we're playing the season, like the rest of the game out in. Yep. So if they don't do enough, there's no well, we'll fix it soon. Well, they will so, fix it soon. Just not the they're going to fix it. They fix it with C four. They're going to fix it the way your cats got fixed. Yeah, <laughs> it does oh, sound so. though like tenth edition is coming like real quickly down the pipe since they're yeah. starting to like uh, put out more preview information. It sounds like the C four is coming real fast. A small thing I would change for world leaders is remove the option to spend three for pile the skulls, um, because that makes for fairly unhealthy game patterns where it doesn't actually matter that you're spending blood tithe early. Uh, I think that's an important part of making the secondary 
like even somewhat interactable. I didn't make a charge move until turn three in my Dark Angels game and still got 15 on pile because I was just like five, five, five. I think you could reasonably make that like a one, two, four and not be too unhappy with it as well. It's um, Blood Tithe is hard to get out. Like, so what happens with that is that like outside of like what is already specifically the best MSU build, Tithe is very difficult to generate. You also just like hard kill Angron. Like he's already fucked. This that may only exaggerates it. I think it being one for two and two for four is fine, but you can, the the third one is where it gets bucky. Yeah, no, I'd agree with but, that because it means that you then have to be spending it earlier in the game. Yeah, which then challenges you and <laughs> get up your buffs as quickly. That's fair. And games and arcs don't go like on turn four. Don't matter, right? You need your buffs earlier. Yeah. So the ability to stack buffs early and then pile later is too powerful. Look, I just think I should cap at 12 so that when I beat World Eaters players, they don't jump me in the rankings and finish second when I go third. <laughs> I mean, you could just obey the clock rules and win your tournament. That was a different okay. Brian's got a lot of baggage about coming second and third. It's, <laughs> it's my place of honor. Uh, I'll, I'll quickly touch on a couple of changes I'd like to see as well. The guys have covered very well the Marines changes that we really need, uh, and some some combination of those seems fine. GSC, I think you hit Brutal and Ambush. Uh, capping Ambush back at four is completely reasonable. All the things individually being two points is fine, but you shouldn't be getting six points for doing or five or six points for doing all of them. I think four is reasonable for a secondary. You can only comfortably do one turn two and three but you can get the harder conditions on one three one four and five i think that's reasonable brutes one probably just doesn't meet the whole board criteria and should go back to one two three and then four if you get all the conditions without the whole board and i think that'd be fine it then becomes commensurate with behind enemy lines and actually becomes a viable like it's really weird that behind enemy lines is a is an amazing secondary that gse just don't play um like you almost never take it uh and then yeah industrial affinity probably needs to go up one or two points on the myriad, but I you probably need to move some of the things down if you're going to do that because they kills a bunch of the melee belts which just don't need hit. So you maybe put it up to two and you bring down the plus one to hit on the charge down to two as well, so you can still put the two of them together. Um, there's some there's some things in there. Uh, broadly, I think it's I think with the secondary changes it ends up being mostly fine. Um, the GSC win rate would stable would stay fairly stable. I don't think the lists are that oppressive. People are just, you know, very inexperienced into it. Nids, please, for the love of God, give me back adaptives. All I want. <laughs> They're called adaptives. Please. Keep them in the ground. I think that's a reasonable change. It's where they belong. Mini, uh, tra mini transhuman on synapse non-monsters. It's insane that they don't have that. I think you could revert the overrun change at this point. It would be I don't fine. think you can. I don't no. think you can. Get out of here. I think you stop. You, you just leave play the trauma. Go back in your closets. Have you brought the encircle change? Dude, there's so few things in a mid list. If you take a tyrant guard unit and a, a hive tyrant, you're like, all right, well, I guess I'll take my 10 gaunts. And that's it. <laughs> like, it's like, what the fuck happened? Yeah, Nid, Nid sure do. I mean, Nids are going to be in the star box, right? We'll, I'll, I'll live for four months without playing them. Um, yeah. But it is very sad to see they're in right now. I, I You could. If they're not going to do points changes, which I broadly don't think they do in balanced data slates, you could probably revert Leviathan uh, to mini transhuman for for warriors and zoanthropes and things like that. Yeah. Um, you could probably put back. <coughs> what's it you called? You probably mini for warriors and full for zo zones are seventy fucking points. Yeah, zones which, are so expensive. Like, 
They can just have transhuman. It's fine. I think you could probably just put transhuman, put Levy back with the current points. Um, like, Warriors are unplayable anyway, right? Yeah, that's how just walk in the line further and further up. I want to make a point of comparison for you. Do you know how many points a turret of warrior with the death spitter and dual bone swords is now? 40? Uh, not enough. 45? Holy points. shit! <laughs> what? It's not like a Deathwing Terminator's 33 points. No. It's fine. It's 30, there are 35 base, the death spitter's 5, and the dual bone swords are 10. You want to run nine turn of warriors with full transhuman? That is a four hundred and sixty-five point unit before you add venom cannons if you're running. With no invo. With no invo. <laughs> so that is the points of a pre-nerf Deathwing Terminator squad. Yeah. Um, that's the point of comparison that we're making now with Terminators. <clears throat> it's it is un- they are unplayable garbage. It is too expensive. They're too expensive now. If you're really wonder... the they are, put them back down to twenty-five points. Is your let um... them be garbage. Is your team prepared to like shackle you in a room away from tenth nids if they're should? Because you're gonna be fucking itching yeah, at it. <laughs> no, man, I I don't play my armies when they're bad. It's yeah. I am I'm not that kind of attachment player. Uh, yeah. I'm not I'm not paint goggles, Brian. Oh. Uh, yeah. We have so many questions left. Oh, moves then. <laughs> we have like yeah, that was a big one. That was yeah, like that was three questions <laughs> out of the questions. Okay. If Desolation remains so DPZ asks, if Desolation Marines remain untouched, are you comfortable with the number you had, or do you wish you had fifteen? Ten was fine for Iron Hands. You really don't need more. Yeah, I'd say ten, but I'd like to put a banner in. Banner would be cool. Fire on, fire on death just helps in the war. Yeah. Um, Ennis, I noticed you had spent one CP to give the Desolation Sergeant a Mastercraft Avenger launcher, making him damage three. Did you find that was worth it? Yeah, <laughs> it was so good. Dude was just <laughs> killing things. You watch the light die in your opponent's eyes as you declare them with their flamers and kill three of them. It was great. Oh, God. That's rough, buddy. The odds of that seem quite low. I mean, the odds of, like, taking five saves and failing three three-ups is not that, not that bad. It's fairly... We're just not going to talk about the taking five saves from the D6 weapon on threes yeah. and threes part. Twos. Twos, twos, Rerolling ones and ones. Like they just hit. You roll the six shots, you're getting five wounds. Like it's just a math. Did you give target protocols to your uh your your destination? Not many times. Mostly it was going on the cadaver because I had Because I did and I felt like a god. So good. Um no Vox I never miss Vox's program. I don't and no, it was fine. Uh Jason asks, everybody has bad matchups, either army wise or train wise. What do you do to try and minimize those types of matchups? Is there anything to do to keep yourself in the game when you know you've got one? When you're in a bad matchup, you have to take more risks. That that's all the game comes down to. You have to just start, you know, exposing mistakes, making risks, giving them, you know, giving them the eight-inch charge instead of the nine-inch charge or the unchargeable, because if they fail it, you're in a better position. You have to just make things happen. You have to try and outplay them. You have to try and find ways to use your resources creatively. Um winning bad matchups is what makes you a good player at the end of the day. Yeah. You need to make significantly fewer mistakes than they do. That too. That helps. Uh, and then you'll still lose some of those games where you outplay them because bad matchups are bad matchups. Uh, and there's no yeah, super exaggerative of those things. In any meta, there's always there's always the, the 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 hard ends of it where there's disparities, right? So yeah, I just meant that like if you play a bad matchup in arcs, it is more exaggerated than it has been 
prior. Recently, yeah. yeah. For sure. But, I mean, even in, like, Nephilim, there were bad matchups that you just couldn't win uh, for some armies. So, yeah. you, you will always find them. Um, you've just got to play your best or, you know, play for points or hope you're playing WTC differential and scrape them for a draw. Uh, <laughs> um, what was the most enjoyable part of Manchester GT and what are your next events planning on attending and running? I mean, I sure did enjoy the amount of downtime I had. I wish I'd taken a book. Um, you did say that several times. <laughs> I had one in my bag as well, but I never went out to get it because I thought I finished my games through. really quick and always Dennis came by well before my game ended. Um, no, the, be the best part is always just seeing everybody, right? Like coming down, getting to hang out. I got to meet um, some of my clients, uh, got to go for a great dinner at a really cool Brazilian barbecue. Uh, we had an Airbnb with a bunch of the tryhard board gaming guys, which was really cool. Um, except for Brian, who left to get a hotel because he didn't like the bed. Uh, <laughs> I did, too. That's probably worth it. Um, so a picture of the hotel. Yeah, just getting a chance to like catch up with a bunch of the Team England guys who were there, some of the Team Wales guys were there. It was just, just awesome in general. I always enjoyed doing the events. And then podiuming is obviously fantastic. Uh, or, you know, making top cut. Let's say that for Brian's sake. Uh, <laughs> uh, the next event for me is going to be Home Nations next weekend. That's the same one for Brian. And then we are both at Alpine Cup two weeks after that. And then we're both at Warhammer Fest two weeks after that. And then we're at my event two weeks after that. Um, so, Truly you know, love Warhammer. Yeah, I actually have nothing planned after that until like June, which is nice. I might actually take a couple of weeks off, but <laughs> Man, we, we could not have more different schedules. I'm doing like Alpine, KC teams, WTC. Like, <laughs> I, I have, I think I only have like, I have two team events between. That event, my event in the second weekend of May, and WC, I have like two team events and maybe a singles event. And then all the rest of my stuff is back like, back into the year. I have like an event in September, or two events in September planned, and two events in October planned. I'm going to be in the States twice in in November. So, you know, just really. Yeah, right isn't playing singles that much this year. That's um, what he's decided. <laughs> I'm doing the cool things. That's, that's what I'm doing the cool things. <laughs> This is the problem, man. This is that all the cool things involve me. That's why you're there. Me too, Brian. That's why I love you so much. Um, okay. How do you think Desolation Marines like their eggs? Pulverized? Fired, fired, fired out of a cannon. Um, eggy. To all, yeah. what, is your, what is your sweetheart faction? The one that, if viable, you would switch to immediately? Drakari. They're already good. Get out of here, Jeremy. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, but I played them in eighth when they had like a 35% win rate. I, I don't want to hear your excuses. <laughs> you played guard, Mason. Fuck you. <laughs> so I, I think I wish I really wish Tao were in a better spot because they're my favorite faction, I think. And they're just not. It Tao's looks fine if you learn to screen. <laughs> what did I play on Bottom Ball? Was that? that the new Farsight model, model is pretty cool. Is sweet, yeah. I thought you said you didn't like it. When, like, I don't like it, and then I saw uh, Izzy Sanchez um, converted one for Tabletop uh, Titans, and uh, ooh, he did a good job. So, <laughs> oh, man. It's so a war one. <laughs> <laughs> I did tell him I want one, so that's happening. I, uh, I don't know if it's Jukari Emperor's Children or World Leaders, but it's one of those three. I mean, it's every day of the week. Yeah. If Nits are called five faction, I'll play Nits. Yeah. 
I will say that it is mostly Drakari, but the Tyranid reveals made me feel things like deep in my soul. So it's probably Tyranid still. Like, I'm gonna be in love with my bugs. So much. I've also not played as much 40k, I think, as everybody else on this, like for as I'm, long. So I have I'm as much much less faction loyalty. Yeah, that's fair. I'm gonna be fucking useless if they do plastic grotesques when Drakari come out. In ten. <laughs> I would if that army is fucking terrible, I don't care. <laughs> like I don't... I'll paint my own models if I have to. Just to crazy. But like, <laughs> and I'll paint my models if I have to. I'm definitely just gonna pay someone. But I also want to be totally honest. If fucking Vashtor is the herald of a Dark Mechanicus faction, I would jump over to a Dark Mechanicus so fast I would sell every army I own. If what if they all had Vashtor's rules? Uh, <laughs> I'd still paint them like Phyrexians and like angry red velvet cake because Did you read the end of the March of the Machine story today, Nathan. Oh god, no, I haven't don't. No spoilers. No, I'm, I'm not kidding. gonna spoil Ma it, but have you magic, read it? Magic the Gathering lore is fucking terrible. I haven't read it. It is. That. But they uh <laughs> this, the far, they finished the uh the arc for the new set, which All right, is just the tell me what stuff. tell me what it is. Just tell me what no, it is. No, I'm not I'm spoiling it for everybody. God damn I'll it. Mess it you later. <laughs> All right, we can talk about it later. Phyrexians are my favorite. One of my favorite fictional like factions of all time. I just yeah. love them. They're great. They did a duel, really cool. Okay. Um, has the Manchester GT established exactly how many Desolation Marines is too many? Twenty-one. <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably sixteen is too many. Fifteen is completely fine. Past that, you were real wanting to real diminishing returns. Hmm. They um, are still kind of expensive. They're really good, but they're a little expensive. They are. Super expensive, and in a normal army would be almost like actually expensive. But Marines don't care because everything else in Marines is pointed like it's a Ford faction. That's the problem. Yep. Is that because everything else is so cheap? Like the comparison point that bugs me: um, ten our ten Desolation Marines are more expensive than ten Deathwing Terminators and a squad of Scouts. <laughs> That's true, but they're really good. They are really good and very efficient. It's, it's absurd. It's ridiculous how cheap Terminators are. That's the actual problem, is that, like, or the other comparison, our drop pod with 10, dev 10 Devastators in it is 40 points cheaper, or 30 points cheaper than our 10 Desolation Marines. Yeah, it's hard um, when your, like, comparison points are so fucked up. Like, yeah, exactly. Terminators like, are way too cheap, and therefore Desolators who are way too, are too expensive. Yeah, Desolation Marines are reasonably pointed in a reasonably pointed Marine Army, but Marines are not reasonably pointed. I would like an addendum. To mm -hmm. what I said earlier about the data slate, just put Dark Technos back. Fuck these Marines. <laughs> I don't think it just helps. Pure unnerfed Dark Techno. Like yeah, fires. just like put racks back to five points or whatever they were when that book came out, <laughs> and fuck them. I'll take Crusher back if I keep. I'll keep the current points if I have Crusher back. Yes. <laughs> and as we know that you would take the most broken God thing fucker. ever back. <laughs> It'll be great. Give me, give me Crusher and the redeploy, and I promise Get you that it'll for gaming in this. Just go to the next question, Ines. Get out of here. <laughs> does he does he want to read it out? <laughs> I don't want to, but I will. No, I was pointing at the baby Ines. The baby Ines. The baby Ines. Yeah, do read it in Ines's voice for us, Anthony, from I baby can't Ines. Do that. That'll just get real. You just have to speed up how quickly you talk, and it'll be fine if we understand you anyway. <laughs> Next, uh, ten deciliters are three eighty, Hader, because you pay for the or three seventy because you pay for the um, yeah, three seventy because you pay for the extra. It was close. Leave me alone. Um, what do you think about an attempt at convincing Adepticon to chop drop the champs event entirely to focus on the four man teams event and then making it longer? 
They should do that. That is literally my Probably. position on it. The 14 teens event yeah, is focus amazing. Focus on doing your special little thing and stop pretending to run a competitive event. Poor Adapticorn. I'm sure they know they don't try. Um, they they tried. They they said that they tried and they painted a bunch of... Wait, hold on, Anthony. Just because you try doesn't mean you do a good job. You can do things and try and still fuck up. Like, that's how people study and still fail tests. You too, Brian. I don't give a shit. Go watch Star Trek. Listen to the quote from Picard. You can do all the right things and still fail. It's still accurate. Right. But, like, if your effort is fucking bullshit nonsense, that doesn't count. It still counts. They try. No, it they just did, they did the talk about, about the fact that, that they... <laughs> Let's just go to the next question, because we're going to get into this weird world of freaking ethos and nonsense. Fine. We can yell at each other later, Anthony. Nathan, shut the fuck up. <laughs> no. Fuck you, NS. Brian, are you secretly a mole player by Team America inside the Team Scotland camp for WTC? Well, we no discovered comment. him, so definitely not. Yeah, exactly. You discovered me, right, Anthony? Why be in a mole in a team that's worse than yours? Exactly. What is he learning? <laughs> What's the point of being a mole? He gets in there and he fucks him up. Team Scotland only got third that one time that NS doesn't stop talking about. Better than you've done, fucker. So far. I don't need you in my chat, Jeremy, telling me about how I I said that incorrectly. Get out of here. I hate you all. Um, <laughs> now that we're nearing the end of 10th, what single unit plus relic slash mortal trick slash buff do you think defined being open, OP, and broken in the original release, and why? <laughs> the Razor Flails competitive edge succubus the way that people were interpreting it. That one was pretty funny. That required you to interpret it in the way that was most broken, though, as well. I got, I got the best answer. Uh, try again, brag. <laughs> Out infinite, infinite shots. <laughs> yes. I, I just want to watch infinite somebody keep days. rolling it until they run out of. I was going to make some. I was like, absolutely going to make people walk out if they tried to. Because I know, man, you can throw as many grenades as you want. You are going to be rolling it all, though. Uh, I was like, but it's deterministic. Yeah, but your clock time's not. Uh, I think Reaper of Blitterax is in the top five, top three, probably. probably. Um, Synaptic Hive Blades is up there too, man. That shit was fucked up. I don't think Synaptic Hive Blades was, like, it was good, but I don't think it was the issue. The issue was crushing, was breaking through. Mm -hmm. um, really, the issue was Swarmlord, let's, let's be real. Uh, <laughs> the, the issue was not okay. Uh, um... Bo and Mark of the Incomparable Hunter was some pretty fucked up shit when Hale was like... Yeah, and I mean, the um, March of the Ancients Contemptor is... That was a classic. Cool, pretty, pretty busted. Um, uh, nothing in Advic was really like an individual model combo, so that's hard to... I mean, uh, freebooters plus the rocket truck data sheet. <laughs> That's not a combo. It's not That's that kind of a combo. The, the whole of the six planes things was pretty bad. Yeah. yeah, we could definitely do an do an article or a bonus episode about like the five things that the most broke tenth edition, most broke ninth edition. We can do a retrospective right before tenth, yeah. probably. That'll probably be like our last episode of ninth edition. Sure, um, that seems reasonable. Because we can just stop talking about stats because it does not matter anymore. Yes, thank God. 
I don't have to talk about this terrible situation anymore. <laughs> Will says the episode of Desolators on last week's show was quite pessimistic. Since seeing more games and facts against Manchester, how has your opinions on counterplay changed since then? They've gotten worse. It's just fucking verified them. God damn it. Pessimistic <laughs> somehow, my ass. Somehow more upset about them than I was before the event. Yeah, they are... Uh, uh, the one thing I will say, I thought the mirror would be way worse. They're not going to kill any more they're, they're really not. They're not going to kill each other. As long as you're standing on cover. So yeah, It's just like that is, on dagger launchers. That's all that ever matters. Which definitely makes it even more cancerous than I thought it was going to be. Um, so that's that's great. It wasn't pessimism, it was realism. Sorry, folks. Exactly. What lesson are you most worried about GW having forgotten in the now very much already finalized and packaged rules for 10th? Not Codex or Faction stuff, just the main game rules. Interact, planes. Mortal Mortal interactivity. End of story. I'm assuming that it's going to be based on that one person's reaction to hearing that Desolation Marines were not were way too good. Is that indirect is going to be way too good in the book again for some reason? Because I guess why not? I would wager that they get mortal wounds wrong in some way, shape, or form, where they like reduce. We don't even cost. know if they're still going to exist. Yeah, we. Do. Uh, I think they yeah. said they in the video that they do. Um, they? like until proven otherwise, I just assume that's broadly a mechanic they fail to understand. Because yeah, if the lethality in the game is going down, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, it's fine. And then they're going to leave more oh. wounds in, and then everyone's going to die. One second. The, there's this one weird thing where they keep talking about, they're like, yeah, the game's going to be faster, but we've reduced the lethality of the game. Like, those two things cannot exist in space together unless you've hey, changed the, the game size as well. Game. That is the only way that but it can they exist. they also said that there's going to be more models on the table. So, like... Yep. <laughs> so... I'm wondering how this triangle of changes exists in one game, and I, it might I don't just be think less dice well, rolling. If there's, yeah, there's a lot of less gates they have to go through, like hit, roll this dice, roll this dice, roll the wound, roll the wound, roll the save, roll the save, and maybe that helps it a lot. Maybe I don't know that it's going. We'll find out, but I don't it's think okay, it's going to be replaced with the uh, abacusing up your objective control model account. I <laughs> fucking hate that change <laughs> so goddamn <laughs> fucking oh, so much. Anthony, you passed the early phase of math that you were given with flying colors. You can do that. I, it's I not that, that I can't can. do it. It's just harder for no reason. I am. I. I, I love. I love the objective control mechanic specifically because it annoys Anthony. Uh, <laughs> that one makes me mad. <laughs> what, what are you looking forward to most about what, what, with what we know so far? I think the objective control change is really cool, and it's going to really open up interactivity on objective play. Uh, I, I like the way that the data sheets are structured. I actually like the way that their new data sheets are structured. I think that that's actually a visually intuitive method of organizing them. What I do and it like... gives them... Go ahead, Jeremy. Just go. I was going to say, gonna... I think... <laughs> You guys are fired. <laughs> I was going to say that putting weapon skill and ballistic skill profiles specifically for weapons gives you additional levers of control over the balance of those weapons and profiles, which is cool. Yeah. The thing that I really like tentatively uh, is they're saying that initial rules will all be free. You'll need two, sheet, two sheets to run whatever faction you're running. And as we release new rules, that will obsolete older rules so whenever they add something they take something away so you don't end up with multiple layers of sometimes unintended interactions yeah i think i'd second that the idea that if you want to play a special detachment you're not then adding that on top of a previous set of rules 
means that there's hopefully a higher chance that they're actually going to balance them better out of the out of the box because there's less things they can miss. They just have to actually play the page in front of them and say this is correct or not correct, um, yeah. which I still don't trust them to do. But I think I trust them more than having to have layers there. A great hope is that My the critters is through nine or through ten. <laughs> Your cat like doesn't agree. <laughs> Um, and objective control have... is just objectively awesome. Um, okay, next question. How have Chaos Knights performed so far with the end of Ninth coming out? Do you think they underperformed from your initial perception of them? And if so, what would they need to do better compared to the other factions? I mean, Chaos Knights are just inherently always going to be an army that is a little bit gatekeeper just by the virtue of what you put in an army. Um, they performed really well on launch. People have broadly gotten a little more used to them now, and they are now doing well in the hands of some people, but not broadly. They don't do well on like GW train format as well, which is a big contribute to that because they don't really hide on it. Um, so like, Urchin Dogs is just like always a motherfucker to play. Like you yeah. gotta mind your P's and Q's when you play against that, regardless of what army you're playing. Mm -hmm. For sure, but there are definitely armies that can just remove you from the table without really. Worrying. Oh yeah, sure. And that's always going to be the issue that Knights will bump into. Um, yeah. Poor, poor fucking. Like imagine playing that into not into guard. It's just unpleasant. Yeah. Uh... Are American ducks superior? Yeah. Is there differences between American ducks and European I'm ducks? Brian, you're the only one who's. In a so, so I think that, um, from my understanding, uh, the king owns every bird um, swans. here. Only so, swans. no, it's only swans. every bird. I was told every bird. I'm going with that. So, <laughs> since birds are for the people in America, um, I think that they're better in America. For the people, people the people birds. Brian, what's your favorite egg cookie method, and from what creature? Um, end of that question alarms me. Um, <laughs> Duck so, eggs. Dragon. right? Um, so it's obviously ostrich eggs. Um, I uh, chickens and uh, in breakfast burritos, so scrambled and breakfast burritos. Nice, nice. What are you looking forward to the most for Alpine? Bants. Surviving the bevy, <laughs> <laughs> playing Harlequins and Craft World Order, somehow winning despite the other the other people there. Good if we uh, win. That's the goal. Laugh my ass off. <laughs> We're gonna win. There's no no doubt in my mind. Um, what are some universal elements of 40k strategy that you think will translate to 10th edition without knowing the specifics? There's more to that, but that's the basics. The the short version of that is real short it's just like good player shit which is just like make sure you do the amount of people i watch play this game and this is only a thing i've started to notice more recently that just like do not pile in or consolidate they do not move their models at all it is crazy like or, or don't do it well I'll, I'll even take doing it yeah like, just not doing it at all is wild that, yeah, it's, it's, it's like crazy to me. Nothing. Like I made and it I'm like, oh, this, <laughs> yeah, this long charge is so bad for me. Um, and then they just don't pile into all your units. And you're like, okay, that's fine now. The, the long charge, and then everyone just goes like into two ranks neatly in engagement range and doesn't go like around or behind you. And you're just like, what? Yeah, <laughs> you're losing you're a whole phase of stop reminding people. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, you, do you want to pile in? Let's just stop reminding them. If they're going to make that mistake now, they deserve the loss. I would say some other universal things that are, are great are like tempo control, um, kind of knowing, as Anthony said, I think before one of the episodes, who's to beat down, who's not, and positioning. Just making sure that you're in a position 
to do the things you need to do to score points and win the game. Assuming points are my two cents on the uh, risk management before a key is inherently a game of risk management. It's what level of risk are you accepting to tolerate, what level of risk do you have to take to maintain a game state. So making sure you're looking at the scoreboard and deciding based on how you think the game is going to go, whether you should you know make a risk your play or if you should, you can afford to play it safe. That is inherently the entirety of 40k is based on those decisions and the other one is getting getting more than one thing out of your unit uh the multi-dimensionality of your unit is super important how many things can you make it do at once is how you make your units feel like they're doing you know the job of two or three units and how you leverage them better so that's doing things like can they shoot and be on an objective can they shoot be on an objective and screen can they shoot be on an objective and screen and also threaten for next turn just making sure your units are always doing as many things as possible and then the risk management comes into do you do those things at 80% or 100%? And how many of them can you afford to, you know, only kind of do to get more out of them in other ways? And will that backfire? And that a lot of that you can plan on any edition of any game. Um, if you could do more than one thing with a unit, is it worth it? Is it, you know, does it give you options or does it make the thing you're doing weaker? Um, practicing and getting a feel for how you can interact with that as a 40k player will just make you better. And it will feel like you are... It's one of those times where it's like sometimes you'll play against an opponent and you'll just realize that there's nothing you can do to get through their screen and they've not done anything special they've not committed any real units to it it's just naturally become because of the thing and that's when games feel unwinnable when they feel inevitable it's because your opponent's just doing more with their things than you are um and maximizing your ability to do that is something you can focus on in the three or four months we have until 10th edition now yep play a lot of games why aren't more or less tossing dwarf pioneers into them? Because super abilities are good. Yeah, mono faction's still stronger than generic unit strength. Everybody has generic unit strength now. There's no need. Yeah, there's been one list since in since Arc Summons launched where they ran that, and that list went two and three or three and two. They're just not that much better than the things you can on yourself. And the other big thing is is that not having the token mechanic severely limits the output of those units because they're costed uh, well kind of costed now around the token mechanic existing and you take that away from them and they become significantly less good anthony how have you found the format eight binary world eaters do you ever miss the fifth dude and could you ever see the demon prince finding his way in uh, i would you only miss the fifth dude if you're overcommitting the unit and demon princes are actively bad and take away from what the army's trying to do Having the second movement aura is absolutely crucial for your ability to divide and conquer in multiple parts of the board. I would have lost three games that I won this weekend without it. Um, very often I play... So, like, this weekend was a uh, very interesting experience in people that do not normally... Like, playing people that do not normally play against me, especially me playing world leaders, of them being like, whoa, this is way different than world leaders I normally play against just like over and over and over and over again. Um, so like a non-zero amount of my success this weekend was from people having false expectations of what the army does in situations. Um, so to that end, making sure that I had five berserker units, making sure that I had two movement auras were super important. If you are putting your eight bound into situations where you need five with rerolls to kill something, you probably should have just not done that instead. Um, there's very, very few targets in the game that require that level of commitment. And if you're doing that, you could probably just do that a bit later in the game. 
and get tithe buffs from like your Zerkers and Exalted 8-bound and things that don't need that level of buff, and then hit them later with 8-bound to cover the gap. So, yeah. Demon Prince is real expensive and does not hit that hard, so... John asks, Innis and others, design your ideal GSC army for how it plays units to, to the units it includes, basically how the army plays in Legion 10. I want melee inevitability. I want to hit people from reserve, lightning fast, and then die like a bitch. Uh, yep. <laughs> I, I want not exist. Fuck you. I want Gene Steelers to come in, auto-pass auto charges, murder the fuck out of you, and then evaporate in a hail of puff, and then me to keep doing that until, I've, until one of us has run out of stuff. Uh, I'd really that, that sounds it's all I want. I want guaranteed charges from reserve. I want almost no shooting. I don't I don't want to play shooting. Fuck shooting. Uh, no. I don't get it. They should be ambush they should feel like an ambush army, but like an ambush army that murders you, not an ambush army that shoots you with shotguns. That's boring. Yeah. Uh it should play 30 gene stealers, 175 acolytes, and nothing else. Hell yeah. What's the most astronaut? And a calamorph. Because that's the list you should play. Pardon? Most, what's the most astronomical time you could take in the list? Because that's the list you should play. Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> you're off the team. Um, <laughs> what are some generally evergreen things anyway. to lobby? Marines. The army you like that you don't have the core essentials for. If you're missing, you know, some troops, put some troops in. <laughs> if you're missing a couple of the HQs, they're generically fairly useful. Paint up some of those. Like, get the core stuff for your army that you like the most. As it a general probably be fine. any new kit they've recently come out with is going to be fine. In the or future. terrible. One of the two. Um, it's definitely one of the two. Um, usually, you know, and I'm not saying this is designed, but they will have a tendency to have the thing that is not being, not very good, so nobody en ends up needing right now in the new book will be very good. Um, and, you know, that's odd how that works out. But So going by nine Firestrike Salvatars and a Hammer for Longcar. Uh, they gave away a lot of hammerfall bunkers this weekend. I'm very, I'm very excited for my ghost kills. I'm great in the index. It's going to be awesome. Okay, what later in the edition changes from ninth? You hope they add to tenth, and which ones do you hope they realize Flyers. are mistakes? Flyers, Flyers and indirect are the ones I really hope stay. Well, I hope indirect I hope... goes like from the game entirely. That the would be nice to do, but it's not going to. As long as yeah. basilisks exist under a core unit in Admet and Guard, it indirect will always be a thing. Yeah, but, but I mean, yeah. incorporating like a very strict spotter mechanic for indirect would probably be the best way to initially be like, this is how this yeah. works. Or the problem just... is it's garbage. Like, turn it indirect is just unplayable. So, I mean, maybe that's okay though too. That that's fine too. But yeah, the idea of, that, make of the, having make the units better and take away the mechanic. Right. Well, I mean, also the fact that you. At least currently don't have four swords you're playing into um means that that kind of mechanic might be viable like you play guard you can take a bunch of scout sentinels where you have one offset their only job is to give you line of sight for your your indirect guns um which is kind of neat yeah that's fair um do you remember what eliminators had indirect snipers anybody <laughs> yeah plus, d3 plus, shot plus indirect sniper <laughs> i do think that the one change that they've made in ninth that i hope goes away in tenth is this weird war gear no cost thing just leave the lever of control there, even if Dude, it's like I'm, a small amount of points. I'm telling you, I've been saying it for a while. They're marching towards power level. They've been doing it for a while now. They're just trying to get everybody there. Will the Lions nickname be Big L, or did Angron claim that one already? That's Angron. <laughs> that's, 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 that's Angron. He's going to take L. a big... 
Yeah, Biggie. Actually, that's my that's my one prediction. Angron is going to be fucked up in tenth. I don't I know, think I don't know why, but he's going to be. Angron's going to take a big L in the Lions book to prove how strong the Lion is. Like he's going to re re banish Angron and like on, remove, <laughs> remove his ability to respawn in the lore. He's going to hit him with a sword once. And Angron will just never be able to. He's gonna knock the butcher's nails right out of his head, and the Angron's gonna realize Sanguinius he's been loyal the whole time. Sanguinius already did that, though. He ripped him right out of Angron's skull in the Siege of Terra. He just went bam. He's gonna do Spoilers. it. And all the demons are just gonna like pop out of the back of his head, and he's gonna go back to being human and join the loyalists. <laughs> that would be pretty funny, though. Now we've I mean, lost Anthony. <laughs> we never there was had that moment in that one. Um, the book with Gilliman fighting Mortarian, where Mortarian has that like epiphany of like, oh no, my dad's here, and then gets like sucked into Nurgle's house, which was pretty funny. <sighs> no more. Okay. Thoughts on different scoring game plans, and what do you prefer? Active disruption or primary or passive secondary scoring? I like just killing them. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I've just fallen into the philosophy of just kill them with the rest of the podcast now. It's like definitely just getting dragged along with it. And what makes me the least happy to report about this is that I have become a big bitch since yeah. I've started playing World Leaders. I just stand like right over there for a while until someone realizes that I'm going to score really well and then they push me and then I kill them. Or I just stare at you until I win by like ten. It's cool. Or in some cases, you just sit ever sit, sit on five of the six objectives. It's cool how much they fucked up the design of world leaders, and if they're just good at that, and they should not be. No, that's fine that they're good at that, but it's like the where they fucked up. So like the the problem with world leaders from like a lore perspective, right, is you can never make that army good, right? Like, if you make the, like, just run in the open and, like, actually die and it doesn't matter, or just run in the open and live and connect, good. That's shit. That's, no one, like, they can never be good at that, and that's fine. Where they fucked up is that the, the rest of the meta is so fucking ridiculous that if you ever leave, you're just dead. So you have to just stand there with your banners and be like, da 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 until the game ends. All of the uh, world leaders are actually trying to do yoga to calm the butcher's nails at this point behind objectives, yeah. on objectives instead. Now, <laughs> there's well, not so much part of this also like piling the flower arrangements on the. <laughs> yeah, they do goat yoga and shit, dude. There's puppies back there. It's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> How are eggs different in America? Well, they, they, they weren't really. No, no I mean the big difference is you have to refrigerate them in America. That is weird. Also, the yolks are yellow over here. They're orange. Yep. Yeah, like a lot of places, color. a lot of people feed their uh, their chickens in other countries dyes and stuff like that. Sorry, folks. In other countries, I think yeah, in other countries, they also inoculate their chickens. Um, we did this question. We already. do that too. It just like still doesn't we did go the well. For orchard no kill rigs in the earlier section, so please come back and listen to that. How do you use the war bikers? Chargey things and good bits, right? Uh, yeah, slightly resilient unit for good bits, and there are little missiles that have fireballs. Owen asks, I want to hear Anthony's thoughts on a squad of true desolators in Blood Angels lists, year and A. Uh, I think you want the Whirlwind, because it just gives you some fight last control and can do kind of the same thing. Uh, it's not as it good, but... It definitely doesn't do, like, any damage. Like, yeah, you it's never so expensive. Do anything. Like, you right. could 
chuck like quake bolts into your list, I guess, and try and support it, but that just seems like massively overkill. Um, the I my my earnest answer is just don't play Blood Angels right now, right? Like the that's the right answer. Um, it's also not a useful answer. Well, if you own the Marines, you just play something the fuck else. But like, yeah, but if you want to play Blood Angels, you want to play you Blood Angels. Like, I could see running like five, ten. The rest of Marines is cheap enough that like maybe it works out and it's fine. You just never fucking move with them. They stand there for a while. You have enough ability to put other units in assault doctrine that like you don't necessarily need to leave Dev. Don't take and hang out with them. <laughs> sure, that's depressing, but allowed. <laughs> like, you know, you could like you could go crazy with Blood Angels. Hear me out and take like a fuck ton of Desolators, and then if someone gets close to you to charge them, you just heroic Sangard and fuck their day up. And you just play in Dev Doctrine, and anytime someone gets close, you drop somewhere in Assault Doctrine and go fuck their day up. And I guess if you were playing that list, you do run Quake Bolts? Nah, because the Quake Bolts are never going to get an angle to shoot the thing that's in the ruin that you're well, trying no, I just to do. You're shooting things that are like in line of sight because you have nothing, no other way to deal with them. So I don't know. 30 desolators. Like yeah, 30 desolators, 21 Sangard, 5 DC, characters, and ship it. I don't know. Give it a shot. See if it goes. And what is the broken thing you predict they will miss in 10th? Is the last question from Discord. Then we're going to take the questions from the uh, Super Chats, and then we're going to finish. <laughs> I'm going to say right now that they're, they're even with my hope of like the two rules is all you get when we put new rules in, they're still going to miss layered buffs because that's been the biggest problem of 9th, where like a unit on its own is fine but then when you're able to do this 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 and this it becomes insane i mean it was also the problem of sixth seventh eighth and fifth and you know, yeah like it, it's, it's not a new so. problem but like it's been very much highlighted in this edition they also made some of this like some simplification promises in ninth as well and ended up not being as simple as people kind of wanted it to be and I think that's just going to be the same thing, folks. The cycle is always the same. They're going to start out simple, and it's going to get more complicated as they layer more things on because people also like new rules. They don't want the rules to be the same, and they want more variety in their play as well. So, yeah. We'll see. All right. A couple of questions from the Super Chats. We have, uh, what needs to happen for Vodhan to be fixed? I think Vodhan are fine, guys. Chill out. Run to Ironkin instead of any troops. You'll be going to have a lot more fun that way. I don't like. I think Votan are not fun to play as right now. Um, and I think that's like a that's like a major failure. Um, I think they should strip Void Armor from the faction and then reduce their point cost by twenty five percent. That'd probably be reasonable. Take uh, less than twenty five percent. That's too much. No, I don't agree with that at all. That's... I mean, twenty five percent might such a decrease. <laughs> yeah. Right, okay. Change the okay. percentage, sure. But yeah, okay. Then I agree with you. Oh, and Gamir goes so to five six up for its end wall. Okay, that's probably okay. Yeah. we're approaching reason reasonability. I forgot about that part. Like, you shouldn't <laughs> have a pregame move. Fuck that. Any pre, I feel this way about shotrunners too. Pregame moves should be limited to some bracket, like seven, nine, whatever. Pregame pre moves move should you from moving on turn one if you take one. Like no. just like just. No, <laughs> actually, I'm okay with that too. Your bias is showing, Anthony. <laughs> I just think it's the ability for some units to just start in the open and then have the ability to easily hide or be in your deployment zone at the end of turn one is too much. 
Pre-gamers and reader are too common and should not be at all a thing, just generally. I miss the easy redeploy. Don't I just care. like I just like world piecers in chat. That's all. That's yeah. my favorite bit. Anthony, can you describe how you play your world years different from the others? I think you touched on that already. I did a but little bit. Uh, you bench made? Well, no, like that is sometimes part of it, but like the another big thing that um, Tim picked up on in round six was that in a matchup where like against like elves, your zerkers are super valuable because of the obsec and the cheaper fight on death. So it's really valuable to do all your early fighting with your 8-bound and hold the Zerkers a little longer and then send them out later because you don't need extra buffs in the late game on 8-bound to kill fucking elves. Like, they're going to just clobber them anyway. So you can just get up in there and make their, like, math into you weird with your units that have invulns and three wounds and a feel no pain. And then in the late game, you can use your much more fragile resource that also has obsec to crush them all the same. It worked really well. Apparently, I just described some nationalists when I was talking about how I wanted to play Jizzy. Yeah, but I want to do it with a Keller Morph and Gene Stealers. I don't want to play weird teddy ladies. Yeah, can't have Venice get too close to those. Exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> and Fred says, winning 40k is about scoring points. Branch would be a driving force playing 10th. I will know mission design, influence mission design in 10th, the same way it did in 9th. Um, I am, if... Secondary is probably still a thing. So. If it's true that Brand has had a significant hand in 10th, that makes me broadly very helpful. That's no, okay. Explain. I um, think Brand... Go for it, guys. Me explain? Yes, Anthony. You made the point. <laughs> um, I, other people started talking. I was like, all right. Um, so, like, yeah. Like, since... You know, Brand's involvement has increased insofar as the you know everything seems to go. Um, that was when we started to get like data slates and stuff, and that stuff has broadly been great for the game outside of the last one. Um, so I would imagine that if they let him like in the room a bit more, um, as far as like the design stuff goes, that will only cease like continue to improve things. Also, like the GW events are well run, and he has a major hand in that. Um, so broadly. When it comes to 40k, I trust him to do a good job. Also, he was like a very competitive player for a very long time. So, you know. Yeah, I agree with that. Also, Nova missions generally seem to have positive reviews, and Nova itself seemed to have generally positive reviews from what I heard. From Dude the runs the shit out of an event. He runs event real yeah. good. The GW events are all really well run. Like, that seems to be the resounding review on those as well. Yep. Something, something, number one, something, something. Uh, yep. <laughs> All right, folks, that is going to do it for this episode. Thank you so much, Brian, for being with us. Thank you to Anthony, Jeremy, and Nathan for being on the show as frequently as you are. Thank Brian, you do you have anything to plug at the end of it? No, Brian has nothing. Yeah, I don't I do not do things. I figured uh, I'd I guess, ask, I'll... though. It's at least polite to ask, Ines. But I know Brian doesn't have anything to plug. <laughs> if you're a job in Scotland and you want to give someone a visa, hit up Brian. Yeah, please, that's all plug. Somebody in Scotland or the U.K., um, please uh, find me a job. I'd like to say before the king kicks me out. Yeah. Um, okay. Thank you, everybody, for watching. If you want to hear more of us, you can check us out at youtube.com slash c slash stat check. Join the live show every Tuesday at 11 p.m. GMT, 5 p.m. Mountain, 6 p.m. Eastern, uh, various other things on top of that. Uh, we'd love to have you in the Discord, which you can access through Patreon at patreon.com slash stat check. $5 a month. You access to all of our bonus content. 
and also access to all of the wonderful people in the Snapchat Discord. There are almost 200 people in there. We're all super cool, except like three of you. You know who you are. Um, <laughs> Some of you have emojis now. Yep, we're gonna start. We're gonna start tagging people with it. Uh, there's also some people who are definitely sisters players in there that are problematic, but that's fine. Um, other you know than that, are, yeah. other than that, uh, check out the other two shows on the network: End of the Matrix mm -hmm. and X and One. X and One will be live a week on Thursday, and End of the Matrix will be live a week on Friday for everybody to view. Uh, we'll plug those again next week once we know who the guests and the topics are uh, for all of those. Um, oh, lastly, check out. I was gonna say I was, I'm going to be on Grim After Dark next week on Monday. So cool. I was on this that. week in 40k or whatever the Warhammer tournaments thing is called. Yesterday, you can hear more of Brian on Fireside whenever that comes out this week as well. Um, anybody else Ooh. doing anything cool this week? Nope. Cool. That'll do it for us. Thank you so much, everybody, for being with us, and we will catch you next week. Have a great weekend, everybody. Good luck at any tournament you're at. Goodbye. Bye bye. For more shows like this, check out the Goonhammer Media Network. More info at media.goonhammer.com.